What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Angie Velez, and Joe Dells. And it's now episode 245. In this episode, we are going to give our predictions for the NFL wildcard playoffs, awards picks, and talk about coaches that got fired. NFL playoffs are finally here. Shout out to NFL Super Wildcard Weekend. And you know what? I, I kind of have... I kind of have an idea of where each of you guys are going with your picks. I do. As you should. Yeah. I feel like it's really only half of the games that are going to be in you know conversation. What that also speaks to? It's a testament to how consistent we are. We are. Very consistent. Come on. What do you so eat? Oh, is that still the munchkin? I you mean, don't, you don't one bite it? What the hell are you, you eating it in pieces? Are you a two biter? Why would I just I'm put it judging in one bite? You're it. seven years old. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out of market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Bro, Bro if put you, the whole thing in your mouth. No, he's, on, <laughs> no, he's, no, he's right. No, come on. He's that's right. Like, I the, don't like putting it all in my shove mouth. Shove the whole ball in your mouth. <laughs> but that's, come on, man. We're fucking a minute and three seconds oh, into the show. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, you guys Andrew Wilson gave a super chat 1999. Great name. I need to let them know that the refs hate Cleveland. Ooh. Really? Shocker. John, do you want to speak on that? It's false. They gave a free touchdown last week. I don't want to <laughs> So, Dells, right now the chat is all 0 and 6, 0 and 6. When will it end? <laughs> when will it end? <laughs> Never. Ew, they're gonna continue. To uh, it, it'll end when I tell them that it's over. So okay. once once you give me once, my, once you give me my meat, or, bird, we'll, we'll have a meat date. Wow. This, uh, we'll have a meat date this week. Nice. Did you finally finish? No, it? No, he still got half his fucking money. <laughs> my God, bro, you're embarrassing. Bro, take bite by bite. All they got episode. two more bites and they left, bro. What do you mean, bro? It's called just a munch- throw it in your mouth, mouth, bro. Hey yo, no, he's right. What do no, you mean, that hey, yo? Nuts. Throw it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we're on one right now. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I thought we were talking about the playoffs. No, it's it's crazy, man. You know, I, I'm so excited that the NFL playoffs is here now. I really am. And listen. Throughout this entire NFL football season, we have had a lot of agendas on the show. We have. Right? But I think none will represent what have been the biggest ones or the most, the most like, the ones that flopped the most than Mojo, Risers, and Fallers. All right. There are two players that are Mojo's biggest riser and Mojo's biggest faller. So you guys know Mojo has been a sponsor of this podcast the entire football season. Love the guys. In the comments, and I want you guys to answer this as well. Okay. Which player do you think rose the most on Mojo this football season? It's a uh, quarterback. Yeah, I'm gonna guess Patrick. It is a quarterback. I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna go. Oh, actually, I I saw it on Twitter. I'm not gonna say. I know who it is. Jalen Hurts. Both are wrong. Damn. It was Brock Purdy. Oh, I thought it was Trevor Lawrence. Nope, it was not. Oh. Brock Purdy percentage <laughs> this this football <laughs> season, and mind you, Brock Purdy only played like what. A quarter games, yeah. of the season. 
but his percentage rose 306 percent it's crazy insane. he was at like a dollar and 90 cents he's at like six dollars yeah. and i have a mojo account i i drew saw this before the yep. show two thousand dollars on brock purdy in december that now is at seven thousand dollars it rose up that much. That's five thousand. Yeah, five bands. Shout yeah. out to fucking Purdy. Yeah, I actually man. put money on Brock Purdy today. That's, shout out to Purdy. Yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah, there's still a chance because the playoffs are going on. Facts. We all know the Niners are legit, a legit team, probably the favorite or the second favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, can you guys guess which player stock fell the most? Easily Zach this Wilson. Zach, easily Zach Wilson. It's either Zach Wilson or Matt Ryan. <laughs> no Russell Wilson? <laughs> oh, he's up there, too. He's up there, too. He had good games this year, though. It had to be one of them three. He right? had good games this year. It was Zach Wilson. Yeah. He <laughs> fell from $34 to, I think he's at like 14 now. He yeah. fell 53% the most of any quarterback. Now, listen, I thought, of course, I had high hopes for Zach Wilson. Major, major flop on my part. But we are seeing in real time <laughs> what a highly touted prospect stock would fall if they are one of the biggest busts ever. That's a fact. Right? Because he is being compared with Jamarcus and with Ryan Leaf and his stats Thanks. also back up that comparison. But Zach Wilson was the biggest fall of this football season. And did I think Zach Wilson was going to be great? Yes. I didn't think he'd be this bad. No way in hell. If, if, <laughs> if the Jets moved on from him, I thought he'd have like a mediocre season. Like, okay, you know, he, he's okay. But for him to be this bad... It's very alarming for the future of the Jets quarterback position. I still think he's going to be a Jet next season. He'll be on the roster. It could get messy. Dells is loving Zach. Has faith. I, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be probably our third-string quarterback, I'll be honest. But, yeah, Zach Wilson fell the most. It's unfortunate. But that was Mojo, you know, biggest yeah. riser, biggest faller. So what do you think? I mean, Zach could possibly be at an all-time low right now. Is now the time to get in on Zach? I am not going to trust him. No? <laughs> okay. Look, I, I think that he has a lot of talent, and He's maybe he could turn around his career, but when it comes to putting in my money on it, I'm not going to put my money on it. I understand that. Yeah, I actually would. This is what I would do. Russell Wilson had a down year this year. I would invest into Russell Wilson. I think next year he doesn't have a down year. Real. I think that he next year back. Russell Wilson will bounce back somewhat. You guys see my tweet? No doubt about it. I think. Uh, I don't know if I did. So the, the video? One. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, what. yeah. It I did numbers. I was borderline in tears. It did numbers. Yo, bro, would you mind raising my microphone up a little bit? Just yeah, I got you. I appreciate it. So it was basically me just supporting Russell Wilson and saying how I still believe in him. And if you weren't with us through the hard times, we don't want you through the good because 100% next year we will be back. Because Russell Wilson has a certain X factor that not many have, and it's the ability to to thrive when when all is is bad. He's a good dude. I'm a big fan of Russ. See, seeing seeing the good in, <laughs> in, in bad situations that's that's Russ's that's Russ's expertise. Gangster. I hope it does because I do want to see you see some type of. Yo, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Success. Seems like you guys hey. are getting a big time head coach. Ah, uh, we gonna talk about that later. Yeah. We are gonna talk what's about what's it later. What's your favorite Munchkin? I like uh, the chocolate one. The, chocolate, right? the glazed is glazed, just so glazed simple. And jelly. It just Please look at the piece he has. Bro, you've been holding on that munchie for like <laughs> eight at, minutes. Look at that piece, It has though. two more bites. <laughs> Bro, that's two bites. Charles <laughs> Gibson, Super Chat 499. Shout out to Charles Gibson. The Lions are the best team not to make the playoffs. Yeah, let me get another glaze. He spoke facts. He spoke nothing but it. Uh, and that was another one of my agendas that it was actually pretty spot on. I said the Lions... For the season, wouldn't make the playoffs, but they'd be significantly better than they were last season. And they did exactly that. They were a Rams 
being clutch and, and Baker Mayfield making a, a little smarter decision to, at, towards the end of the game away from making the playoffs, beating Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field to avoid them, uh, a division rival, for making the playoffs. The Lions had a very impressive season, and I'm definitely I'm definitely proud of those boys over there. You were pretty high on the Giants and Lions coming into the season. I was. Shout, yeah. shout out to media, a mediocre teams that, that just You're a mediocre you got to trust the vibe. But I'll say this. I mean, he loves mediocre teams. The Raptors—he's very weird. He does love <laughs> the Pacers team. last year. Because why? Because people love to to call out bandwagons, but that's not me. Right. Hey, I just, I just put one hundred twenty-four dollars on Brock Purdy on Mojo. Nice. Not a thousand. No, I had one hundred twenty-four in my balance. That's what's going Uh-oh. on? Yeah, Mojo sent us out a bonus. So yeah, they, they bonus. sent me hundred dollars. Sent it to anybody that yeah. has Mojo. This guy just threw this. We're in there like I wouldn't pick it up. I'm a LeBron fan. What does said, that mean? Wait, who being said a bandwagon? That? You said that no, he shit? said, he said I'm not a bandwagon. I don't root for the you, best. But you said the LeBron shit. And I said you're a LeBron fan. That was smooth. I did not. Hear I didn't hear it either. Wow. How does that make me a bandwagon when I was there from the mud? I, if I was a bandwagon, <laughs> there there the if I was a bandwagon when he lost to the Mavericks, I would have shit. Mud, you were, you were, you you were, were with there, the Heat through the mud. You were there from 20, yeah. 2009 at least. That's when you started. There. He wasn't with the Heat through the mud. Let's see, Cleveland through the mud. That's like four. Well, that's like when he was first NBA drafted, I was. He was there. Let's see. Was LeBron ever in the mud? Five years old. The chosen one. No, but the teams that. Drew jumped yeah, on. They had mud years. Yeah, Drew were, wasn't there. No, but also the yeah. Heat. Drew wasn't there with the Delonte West days. Nah, but I was there, when, there when, I was they, there they when they were saying Jermaine it's, the, it's the worst choke job in the history of sports. I was there for that. You wasn't there with Wally Zerbiak. Doesn't matter. You were there with Anderson Verzo was, was almost an all-star? <laughs> the whole thing was, I'm not a team guy. I'm a LeBron guy. It's simple. Go. All right? Uh, yeah, I've but never you, claimed you did, anything else than that. But if I was a bandwagon, I would have been like, you know, LeBron, that's not cutting it, bro. You were supposed to win that championship year one. That that bullshit that you just put forth, not for me. I'm gone. See, that's what a real bandwagon would have done, but no. Stuck with my guy because I saw the bigger picture. Or it's a little baby. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Drew did uh, get a lot of the team spot on the Lions, the Giants. I thought the Lions should have made the playoffs. So do I. I'm not going to lie. Unfortunate. I, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate. I would have loved for the Lions to make the playoffs. Did you watch Jamal Williams' interview after Of course the I did. Yes. Hilarious. That was yes. funny. People had the goal to say he was faking tears. Like, I thought that was weird. Where he was talking about how his, yes, his grandfather gosh. passed away. But then he was saying how say y'all better not. T- we're not the same Detroit Lions anymore. Y'all y'all got to come see us. That's a fact. Shout Detroit is gonna be good next season. He was out here breaking Barry Sanders' this is record, bro. Shit. Over yeah, a thousand right. seventeen. Let's God go. Damn, that's that's just, he's gonna get a bag. He's a free agent. He's gonna get a bag. He was like, "That's a hot take." Jamal over Swift. Oh, he Barry Sanders' record. Without doubt, had a better year. Well, it's because every time they went to the goal line, they're like, "Here you go." And I can't blame him. He was fucking amazing. No, but I will say though. um these playoffs are going to be very interesting. And I want to just talk about this uh, very briefly when it comes to the NFC North. I think that the four teams right now in the North, obviously the Vikings, Packers, Lions, and Bears, the Lions and the Bears are two teams that I think could take a significant jump next season. Definitely. You know, with nothing in the offseason happening, just knowing where they have the draft pick, the uh, the cap that they have, the Packers are in cap hell, Aaron Rodgers' future is uncertain, the Vikings – their defense is still awful. Are you a believer in the Bears trading back? No, no, I think it's foolish. I think you have to. Well, no, sorry. I'm in. On, I'm in on them trading I, it I, back. For some reason, I interpreted your question as Fields not being a quarterback. Oh, absolutely sorry. not. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that they should trade back. Yeah. And they should get assets. Yeah. I, I'm not a believer in the Bears giving up on Fields. I agree. For a quarterback in this draft. I, I seen some Bryce Young stuff, and I think Bryce Young is a talented prospect, but. Him, his frame, Chicago, Small. cold weather. It just doesn't fit. I think he's more of like an Indianapolis quarterback. It's cold in Alabama too, man. You know who said that? Tua Tungvaluwa. Just saying. 
I'm just saying. He's not even playing this weekend. I know. Unfortunately. It really is unfortunate. Because that, that would have been a fun game. Uh, yep. Now it's just now it's it's borderline now it's unwatchable. Be, this might be a 30 clip. Borderline unwatchable. Love so it, you great. guys can go and put in the code PICKASIDE100 on Mojo, and they'll give you $100 bonus on your initial deposit. So that's code PICKASIDE100 on Mojo. You can either hit the QR code or put in the code, and if you download the app, that'll help us out a lot. Let's get into these AFC playoff predictions. The first game up, the Dolphins at the Bills. 1 p.m. Eastern time Sunday. They split both matchups, but I think it doesn't matter, right? Because two is not playing. Yeah. And if two is not playing, I think this is probably one of the mo- more boring games of the slate of the playoffs. Yeah, no, this is poopy. When I was doing my notes the last couple of days, it's like, oh, who's going to play quarterback? Tua, Teddy, Skylar Thompson. I thought the Bills would win regardless, but then this morning, you still have another bite of that munchkin. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> this, this morning, once it was announced that Tua was out, game's over. I mean, the, the Bills have been hot, won seven in a row. I don't, don't, see, I don't league, see any world where Skylar Thompson is going to go into Buffalo and beat this Bills team. Do you see a world where Josh Allen completely plays like shit and loses them the game for no, them? No. I no, because the, the Dolphins can't. The Dolphins' defense will have to outscore their offense for them to win this game. They're going to need punt return, touchdown, Impossible. kick return, yeah. a pick six, a fumble. Like it's going to have to be a very sloppy game from Buffalo on offense and on special teams. I think for Miami to stand any chance, they scored eleven. I mean, the Jets' defense is really good, but eleven points, not great. There's unfortunately no way, no how the Dolphins win this game. And it's really sad because when I saw the news today that Tua Tungvalu will no longer be suiting up for this game, it broke my heart because he deserves to play this game. He does. And, of course, there there are people in their right mind to believe this absolutely, that there's no reason for him to suit up for this game. Why are we going to put him in jeopardy to potentially ruin his career and never, really never suit up again and play in the National Football League? Me selfishly, and I know I shouldn't even be saying this, honestly. I want to see him out there because all season long I've been rooting for him. I've been on his side through the ups, through the downs. It's just been great to see him silence a lot of haters, regardless of how you feel about him, for the Dolphins to be in the playoffs. He played a huge part in that. He also played a huge part in them almost not making it. But at the end of the day, they did clutch up. They did make the playoffs. And he deserves to start this game and really give them a chance to move on to the next round. But... 100%, 100%, I am in support of them not starting him. I want to see Tua at 100% next season with no restrictions. There are people that think that he still might never play in the National Football League again. I think that them sitting him now is precaution because they understand that this is their future. This is the first time in a while that a quarterback that they drafted put them into playoff position. So I think they they understand that they have to be very, very cautious with this guy, especially because he's been injured on national television too often. For, for their liking. So hopefully next season Tua comes back guns blazing. But talking about this game, it, it should be very one-sided. The Buffalo Bills have been playing very good football. They also are playing with a motivation. That is DeMar Hamlin. That is the reason why I do believe they will be coming out of the AFC. The Bills have been playing great football. And, and most importantly, Josh Allen has been great. Yes, the turnovers have been a little bit high for, for people's liking. And we're going to talk about Boom Fantasy in a little while. And I do believe that he might even have an interception, a couple turnovers this game. But it's not going to stop the Bills. Miami simply is, just does not have the firepower offensively or defensively to keep up with the Bills. And, and on top of it, the Bills defense is going to make it a living hell for Skylar Thompson and company to have any type of success. I understand Mike McDaniel is an amazing head coach, but I'm sorry. When Skylar Thompson's your quarterback, you're cooked. It's simple. So Bills by 20 would not be shocked. <laughs> 30 to 10 type shit. 
when the initial line of this game came out, I think it was at like ten minus and a half. 10 and a half. Yeah. I had a feeling Tua wasn't going to play, so I took the alternate spread at minus 13 and a half, <laughs> and that's where the line is right now. Ah, shit. After the news yeah, of Tua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I initially took that bet, you know, pretty uh, pat in my back. I just, I'm a visionary. I see things before they happen. <laughs> and. Of course, it's going to be one side. Skylar Thompson's playing quarterback. There's no respect for Skylar Thompson <laughs> when it comes to opposing defenses. He cannot throw deep. He, he underthrows a lot of throws. And to be honest, it just makes the Bills' life and path to Super Bowl that much easier. You know, giving, g- having a game like this where you don't have to worry about the defense. You know, Josh Allen is going to carve up the Dolphins' defense. I think it's going to he's going to do his thing. And you don't have to worry about their offense. Yes, they have Tyreek Hill. I think that Raheem Mostert has been able to get going on the ground, and Mike McDaniel has been doing a better job as of recently. Has he been clear in getting play? it going? That's a fact. It's had because uh, I did see that he uh, he did pick up an injury last week. Oh wow! Yeah, he, he might not be cleared to play. Wow! So it's a that big would be Jeff huge. Wilson. It is a big Jeff Wilson day potential, yeah. but Mostert's been solid recently. Because I do think the Bills' rush defense is vulnerable. In Week 15, the Dolphins had 188 rushing yards on them, and I thought that they should have ran the ball oh, a little Bob bit Miller. more. <clears throat> but ultimately, I'm looking at some key matchups: Xavier Howard versus. Stephon Diggs, uh, that's going to be a really good matchup to watch. Interesting. The Bills secondary on Hill and Waddle. But even then, it's it, when you cannot stretch the defense out vertically because your quarterback can't make those passes and sometimes is unwilling to, it's going to be hard. And I think the Bills' offensive line versus the Dolphins' defensive line. I, I'm not a big believer in the Bills' offensive line. I think the Bills have a lot of holes on the roster in general that can get exploited, just not against this Dolphins team. They can't stop Josh Allen. It's as simple as that. And Josh Allen in the regular season has a 95 passer rating from 2019 to 2021. In the playoffs, it's a 108 passer rating. He gets significantly better in the playoffs, Josh Allen does. And I expect this to be a high-scoring game for the Bills, low-scoring for the Dolphins. My score prediction is 27-9 to Bills. Ooh, nine points. It's... That means that they have to get down the field three times. Yeah, I mean, maybe they get lucky. Yeah, facts. Turnover. That's what I'm saying. A bunch facts. of field goals. He said. He knows. He said nine. So yeah, three, that, three, that's what, get down the field three times. I'd be impressed. Listen, man, get well, Tua. You know, I think that's one thing we wanted to see Tua in the playoffs, especially with this matchup. You know, round three. You know, they split the series facts, in the man. in the regular season. These two teams that have been button heads. You wanted to see that round three matchup. Josh Allen is undefeated at home in the playoffs. So this is a game, even if Tua was playing, I still had the Bills winning because I know Josh Allen in the playoffs, he turns it up a notch. Tua, this would have been his first time in the playoffs. So it have been, you know, it have been a little step skeptical, but Tua's not playing. I got Josh Allen in the Bills comfortably. It could be. I think my score, I have 30 to 10. I don't see yeah. them scoring. Maybe they get a sneaky touchdown at the I end. I think they get one yeah. touchdown. Maybe. Garbage time. It's like 30-3, to three and they get a garbage time in the fourth quarter. But this is one of these games. There's there's a handful of games, unfortunately, because of the injury to two, where we'll get into the Ravens later with Lamar, Next. that could have been a good game. And now we're looking at it now. It's like there's probably going to be two blowouts, unfortunately, on Wild Card Sunday or Wild Card Weekend. So for each playoff game, we're going to give our favorite Boone Fantasy line on the game. Yep. For this one, mine's is James Cooks over James Cook over thirty six. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I saw that. I saw when we made that line today. Can't say whether I like it or don't like it, but he's hit that in the last two games, and he's the he's He's the number one running back for the Bills. He's going to be starting to turn into the number one for sure. James Cook. I also have the same one. Yeah, Yeah. rightfully so. I think that was the one like I seen. I was like, this is the obvious one, easy one. So we also have a matchup um, on Boom Fantasy. It's James Cook versus Devin Singletary. Last time I looked, James Cook was getting rushing yards. I think it was like plus 
five or six rushing yards for James Cook and Singletary. Yeah, right now I saw Singletary's at like 45, 47, I, last I saw. And then James Cook was in, what would you say, 30? 35, 36 and a half. So definitely they believe, because Singletary for the majority of the season has been the primary, or the, yeah. the leader of the two, but James Cook of recent has definitely been getting integrated and very well uh, acquainted with the offense. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think this is a lock. I think 36 and a half is a lock. No, nah, that's fine. I, like, I, I look, James Cook has been the number one running back in their offense. and yeah. like explosive. You know, if the Bills are up, yeah, which, which they, they probably yeah, are, they and they're getting more be. touches, run the ball. I, I just feel like this is one of the, the ones that I really like, and he's been coming on very strongly. I, it's going to be interesting offseason for Miami. Because I do think with these quarterback rumors, with Rodgers, Brady, Lamar, I do think the Miami Dolphins are going to get brought up a lot. Whether it's fair or not to Tua, it's just very hard, I think, for this Dolphins organizationally to rely on Tua. Not just rely on him, but you are responsible for him at this point with all the concussions he's been through. And that's a lot to take on as an organization. A lot of pressure that is on you to make the right decision every single week when he's taking a big hit, when he hits the ground hard. Like we obviously hope that Tua comes back next season and he was playing like he was, especially the first half of the year playing at an MVP type level. It's just when you think about it from an organization perspective, and if you're in the front office or you are the owner, it's a lot of pressure to get this call right. It's going to be, I know we're not really talking about the offseason this, uh, but we're kind of expecting this to be the start of Miami's offseason. I've been hearing a lot lose. of Lamar to Miami noise. You've heard you've heard Brady to Miami mm-hmm. as well, for sure. So it's, it's going to be interesting offseason. It's all about availability. Yeah. And Tua was 8-5 and five this year as a starter, played 13 games. You could, you could argue if he doesn't go down, and obviously bad luck, unfortunate, they're in the playoffs comfortably. For sure. You can, yeah. you can say that. And the, the fact that he did go down, they barely got in by beating the Jets, who at that point had already collapsed beyond beyond God's green earth. There was nothing you could do about <laughs> the Jets. So yeah, you know, and now in the in the playoffs where you need him the most, it he's not playing. So yeah, I think that that does come into question. Like Derek Carr or Tua, you know, at in this all in this offense at their best. Are they similar? Right. Yes, they are. It's, it's not disrespect. And who's more, and who's more available? <laughs> it's, Derek Carr. It's, it's really not disrespect because at the end of the day, I mean, they're, Tua obviously had the numbers this year. This is probably Derek's Carr's worst year and even still put up decent numbers. But when you just take into perspective the significant head injury that is going to, you know, really going to be over Tua's for the rest of his career, yeah. it's going to take that into account when they're making these decisions. So we were talking about Boom Fantasy lines, and I spoke about it a little bit earlier. We have I, Skyler Thompson lines out? No, I haven't seen any Skyler yet. <laughs> um, but They'll be out there, don't worry. The one that I do have is Josh Allen over 0.5 interceptions. I do think he'll throw an interception, ah. I, and I think that's only for the fact that like a he's gonna no, not at all. I just think that it's gonna be a comfortable game, and and Josh Allen's just gonna be kind of doing Josh Allen things, and one's just gonna get away from him. Josh Allen wasn't one of the league leaders in interceptions for nothing, no reason. He trusts himself. He that, definitely is very comfortable with his MVP arm. To starts, I'm gonna right? yeah. I, look. Listen, Drew. Uh-huh. I'm gonna allow you to take that back if you want to. No. Um. So you. he's been to the playoffs three t- three times in three seasons. Uh-huh. La- last year he did not have one. I know. He's picks. six games in the playoffs. Fourteen uh-huh. touchdowns. One interception. Does not That's do crazy. it. So he you're does. banking on him getting one against. But he's the been inconsistent this when year. When he doesn't have to, he he probably doesn't have to do too much this game. No, yeah. I don't disagree. He's like you I know. Don't I don't know. 
There's been some times where he hasn't wow. had to do much in well, the regular season. Yeah, there's no, been some, like that Bears game. He just threw it right to the linebacker. There was a play where he just. No, this year the inconsistency after the elbow injury has definitely his interception percentage in the playoffs is zero point four. Oh no, Josh Allen is one of the greatest we've seen in the playoffs in yeah. recent memory. Greatest he's been unbelievable. He's been all right. Take it easy. Take it easy. All right. Uh, um, that doesn't take away from Josh Allen's greatness. He's been unbelievable. But I just think one gets away from him. I think that especially going against a division rival. Guys, Rev said it perfectly. This is round three. The defense that has borderline held, quote-unquote, held them in check, even though they did give up 30 points the last time that they did meet. But that was also in home where Josh Allen was comfortable. The Dolphins uh, held them in check? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Dolphins or Allen? What do you mean by uh, that? Sometimes he does it to himself. No, for sure. Game one, more, more mostly. Yes, but even sure. still, he just threw for a ton of yards. Game two was Josh Allen being Josh Allen. It was just a masterpiece. Game one, though. Yeah. I was intrigued on his rushing yards. I was. I think what's, it was 50, 50. Yeah, he's around 50. But I didn't feel comfortable taking that because, like you said, he's not going to have to do much here. Yeah. So that I feel like he'll save his legs. And I didn't love the over on the passing yards either. 260, even though for Josh Allen... He could do that in his sleep. But again, in a situation where he might not have to do too much, I feel like I like this one. The, the Stefan Diggs line was at like 70-something yards. I didn't love that one either because the last couple of times that he that the Dolphins have played, they've really honed in on Stefan. Uh, I don't feel comfortable betting on Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, with all due respect. Not Gabe but Davis, I will, I will say, playoff, uh, yo, uh, did, he, did he cash? Did he, did he, oh, yeah. You owe me some oh. bread. You owe me some bread. I meant to do it in the opening. I forgot. You owe me some bread. My nah, brother. Bro, bro's like a, bro's like sorry, a student bro. calling out for home. <laughs> he's a fed. Fed a rager right there. He's a fed. Yo. The Kyle Pitts bet doesn't cancel out? Bro, he played 10, he missed like he played seven ten games. games and had 300 yards. He missed seven games. He I'm wasn't sorry. getting that regardless, bro. I can't. You know seven that. games, I can't just throw bro, that Bro, he out. had Desmond Ritter. And it gets Marcus voided. Ritter. I don't owe you, bread. You don't owe me, bread. Gabe Davis had an ankle injury earlier in the season. He played 15 games. He was hurt, though. He was hobbled. He, but he played 15 he was games. He was hobbled. He was playing 90% of snaps. Bro, they, they, bro he, for one, he he almost had 1,000. He had like 840, 830, some shit. Yeah, that's almost 1,000. <laughs> he didn't even crack nine. Bro, that's 170. Lazard. Like, Lazard, too. Okay, uh, Lazard, I'll give you. As long as, as long as we agree that the pits... And Gabe Davis bet cancels out, and I just pay you am the I, Lazard bet. How many bets did you have? We had, we had three. We had three. Damn. We had three. So how many did and you win? No, so what's up with the Jaguars and Dolphins bet? It's a push. So p- playoffs, it doesn't matter. No. So At this point, it's kind of unfair. What if the Jaguars win and the Dolphins lose? I'll give you a hug. They they fucking with you, bro. At the at the end of the season, it's gonna say if the Jaguars do beat the Chargers, which uh, that's gonna be a great a chance, game. Yeah. But really it, it'll say what? It'll say nine and eight no 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 it would say 10 and eight right 10 and eight, yeah and the dolphins would be nine and nine unfortunately the regular season ends so you know apparently wow. you two have a chiefs Bengals bet we do who signed that fan jason they know more than us so i have the chiefs somebody said better record I mean, there's no way he I doesn't have the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. I, there's no 100 <laughs> he doesn't have the Bengals. I don't remember that bet, though. I, I make so many fucking bets. That's our yeah. problem. I wrote down all the ones Joel and I had because I know he was going to try to skate his way out of it. I was like, <laughs> not happening. No way. Bro, but you bet me Jalen Brunson wouldn't be an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't on the list. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even bet it, but he wasn't even on the top ten. Oh, man. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Wait, <when that> happened? <laughs> it's unfortunate, man. Sorry, we'll, we'll talk about it. Nah, this, this is making me rethink my bets, man. Yeah, My well, goodness. you get you get very high on these players like Gabe Davis and Lazard, who are 
fine players, but you think they're going to have these huge leaps because well, well, of no, opportunity. No, no, no. I, I thought Lazard would have that because of opportunity. It, it didn't happen, whatever. <laughs> but Gabe Davis, it should have happened. And I, I still stand firm on he's a good receiver. He's a good <laughs> no, receiver. He's, he's, a, he's a high-end wide receiver three. You ain't, you ain't. <laughs> like, he's a really good deep threat for your wide receiver three. But I'm being know, honest. And, you're and, not, and Paris Campbell did his thing this year. Yeah, do we have a Paris Campbell set? <laughs> no, nah, we didn't have a Paris I think he has an agenda. Yo, Van, though, Van Jefferson or Gabe Davis? Uh, I'm not big on either of them. Neither am I. Guess, <laughs> so how, many y- guess how many yards Paris Campbell <laughs> had this Gabe year? Davis. Uh, 540. 780. 630. 623. Okay. Yeah. I told you he's good, man. He's solid. He's just been hurt his whole career. Campbell. Hate that for him. With the mess at quarterback. Nah, yeah, no. It's not even that I make bad bets because the the DeJounte and D'Lo bet, I'm going to cash on that. I just cashed out out early. You folded. Yeah. The Wizards versus Bulls? Ooh. Well, that's That's like week by week. Uh, It's literally week by week. I know. You guys been hot. Yeah. But that that made me realize to not fold on things. Because yeah. if I would have, because I could have. Yeah, the D-Lo one you cashed out on like fucking week two of the season. Bro gave up like a month in. He's like, <laughs> bro, Tell me I'm not a genius for that. <laughs> bro, because I could have, I could have definitely folded on the Jaguars and Dolphins bet early too. I could have. Yeah, I mean, the Jags were two and six. Yeah, and I was like, nah. Because yeah, the, D, the D-Lo and DeJounte bet told me that. Talking Jerry about Judy it, does clear Gabe Davis. No, oh, absolutely. It's not even a question. It's, it's really a toss-up, bro. We're talking, about, really nice. we're talking about AFC Player of the Week, Jerry Judy. Yeah. Some respect he finished the year strong. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Strong. Bro has never had a, reg- a playoff game like Gabe did. I'm sick. He just <laughs> missed a rack, too. Yeah, 972. I'm devastated. Better season. That Gabe. hurts. When you're that close to a rack, yeah. that hurts. He missed some games, too, right? Bro, and he, he needed hella yards to get even close to 1,000. Yeah. He ate the last couple. Talking about availability, two was not going to be available for the Dolphins. And Lamar Jackson, most likely not going to be available talking for about the, the Ravens. Two games of the week. And, and Tyler Huntley also wasn't seen throwing passes. So maybe Anthony Brown's a quarterback starting this week. Um, I mean, this is another one of those horrible games. It's going to be Sunday Night Football, so 8-15. Damn, <laughs> Saturday's a wash. You know, I, I will <laughs> say this. If no, no, no. Saturday's game is the Jaguars. And oh, Sunday night. Oh, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, oh Sunday. my bad, my bad. Yeah, I, I will say this about the Ravens. If Lamar Jackson played, I would have given them a chance. For sure. A, a legit chance because their defense is legit. Um, since Roquan Smith joined their third in DVOA, their 10th against the pass, 7th against the run, their defense is legit. Very good. And it, it makes me come to the conclusion that Lamar Jackson isn't sitting down, isn't sitting out this game for some contract dispute. I think he's hurt for sure. and he cannot play. But that begs the question moving forward. These negotiations – that he's going to have with the Ravens, are it's not just about his play anymore. It's about his availability. Last season, the Ravens were 8-3. and three. Lamar got hurt. They missed the playoffs. He wasn't available. Yep. This season, the Ravens started out great once again. He gets hurt, unavailable. They make the playoffs because Lamar had them at such a great position <laughs> to make it, but now they're, they're, they're dead in the water. They're not going to do anything, and this is a defense that I think is elite, and with Lamar Jackson, his rushing ability, J.K. Dobbins back, they could control the clock, let their defense play how they play, and they could win games like that. But because Lamar's not available, Ravens don't have a chance, and now these negotiations come be, become more about, is Lamar going to be available? Are we going to pay him when he hasn't been available for two straight seasons at the most crucial parts of the season? That's a real question mark. I think it is moving forward. For sure. And it wasn't even a, like, you always have this talk, oh, mobile quarterbacks, so fields get hurt, you know, 
uh, Jalen Hurts and Lamar, and everyone wanted to make it out to be that you can't be a Russian quarterback and last. But this injury, he was in the pocket. He got sacked, kind of twisted his leg weird, and he's been out for the last four or five weeks because of it. Um, Lamar, it's going to be a tricky situation because I was talking to one of my friends on the phone and just like talking, just bullshit. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the Ravens would be insane not to extend him. And I was thinking back to last year, and I was like, well, I said the same thing about Russell Wilson. I said the Seahawks would be insane not to give him a contract and trade him away and blow this whole thing up, and we see how that ended up. Now, obviously, I don't think um, I don't think the Ravens have a quarterback like Geno that could step in and really run this offense. Huntley's a, a fine backup, but we see the difference between these two guys. I still think, without a doubt, you would have to pay Lamar Jackson, but if the Ravens are really worried about him not being healthy week in and week out, it is going to be hard to guarantee 200 plus million dollars. That's what Lamar is going to get. If he gets traded, which is looks like more and more like a possibility this offseason, he's going to get 200 million guaranteed. That's what Deshaun just got. That's what Lamar is going to get without any, you know, these weird allegations going on. Lamar is going to get a huge contract from a team that's desperate for a franchise quarterback. We see the difference he makes on the field. When Lamar was playing, they averaged 25 points per game eighth in the NFL when he doesn't play that's they average 12.5 points per game which is dead last by four full points like they are without a doubt the worst offense in the NFL without him this is a game that with Lamar I agree it could have been competitive for how great Joe Burrow has been this season he struggled against the Ravens in his two games he's completing about 63 percent of his passes 215 yards per game two touchdowns two turnovers and 83 passer rating this is, you know, a game that I think could be a little bit lower scoring than people are expecting, a little bit uglier or sluggish. I know their their final week, week 18, um, they scored like 27 points or so, but I do think the Ravens will be a little bit more up for this in the playoff game. But it, it this might not be competitive. I mean, this might be lower scoring, but it might be like 20 to 7, where the Bengals are going to control the game, but Joe Burr is not going to have this 300 plus yards, 300 touchdown performance. Um, but in terms of Lamar, obviously my Jets are someone I'm looking at, saying do whatever you can to get him. I do look at the injury and say, well, we've seen plenty of pocket quarterback quarterbacks that got hurt this year. You know, it happened to Stafford. Uh, Matt Ryan got banged up. I mean, the list goes on. It's been a bunch of injuries. just part of the game. But I do think for this game, Ravens without Lamar Jackson, it's going to be very hard to move the ball, very hard to score points. The Bengals should win comfortably. Yeah, dude. Oh, thanks. Um, You mentioned it. Injury concern. You don't want to pay him that much money if he's not going to be on the field consistently. But I, the, the Ravens have to look at it like this. Would we rather not pay him, right, and let him walk and then let some other team spoil the riches of Lamar Jackson or take the chance? We're sitting in a position where we have an elite defense. We have a team that consistently is at the top of the division, at the top of the conference with this guy playing. Take the chance. There isn't many quarterbacks that can do – actually, there's probably only like one maybe that can do what Lamar Jackson could does. He offers so much – to a football team. He's one of the top seven best quarterbacks in the NFL. When he plays, we have a chance every every Sunday. I think, like, the injuries are a concern, but when you have that type of talent, you take the risk at all times. You have to, especially with a team like this who their offense is built around Lamar. It is Lamar. Like, they are nothing without him. You take that chance. This game would have been amazing if Lamar played. I, I actually would have picked the Ravens to win if Lamar did play, but unfortunately, that was your hot not. take. That was indeed my hot take. I was going to take Baltimore because I just felt like Lamar has a vengeance. He hasn't gotten his money. He was coming back this week. This would have been a revenge game. He felt like he has something to prove, and now he's not. Injuries suck, especially for he didn't get hurt in the pocket for a guy who relies a lot on his, his on his athleticism, his mobility. It's tough for a guy like him, but I do think. You still eventually have to give him the money as far as this game, though. The Bengals and the Bills get a break for the first week, and we were – it sucks because we were supposed to get a beautiful AFC playoff because we had all the best quarterbacks in the AFC. We were supposed to get one of those legendary runs. The Bengals and the Bills catch a break this week. They get an easy matchup. 
But unfortunately, it sucks for the Ravens, but I do think the Bengals will win comfortably. Maybe like 25 points. <sighs> Unfortunate events. You guys said it very perfectly. All the same. Without Lamar Jackson, this game is not a quarter of what it could be. Joe Burrow is going to get through this game very calmly, and then his true test will be the following week. But no slouch, absolutely. This Ravens defense has been phenomenal. Uh, talking about Boo Fantasy, I have Joe Mixon's under. Uh, I believe it's at like 53-and-a-half. With the way that, that Baltimore's rush defense has been, I don't think that Joe, Joe Mixon will be a huge factor in it. And he really hasn't been a huge factor into their offense this whole season, really. Uh, so, bits and pieces throughout, but really he's been... He's been he's had a hard time getting consistency back there. We saw him get banged up. So Maje P. Ryan took a little bit of burn from him. He 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 shined. But with Mixon back and with the way that this Ravens rush defense has been recently and past, of course, but in this situation, rush, I think that Joe Mixon's gonna be limited. But in the grand scheme of things, with Lamar Jackson and his contract situation, it's interesting because of course Lamar Jackson, with all of his skills incorporated he is in conversation to be the best football player, the most skilled football player in the game. But when you have a, a specific skill set that asks you to put your body on the line more so than another player at your position, it gets difficult. And it's super ironic that he didn't even injure himself on a running play. He injured himself in the pocket, but... Was it a was it a, a bit of a wear and tear where inevitably he's just taking a ton of hits and this one was just the unfortunate one that got him? Is it going to carry over into to seasons after where he's kind of limiting himself a little bit, rushing the football, knowing Lamar Jackson, feeling getting a sense of his character? You understand that that's not him. He's going to go out there and he's going to give you 100% every single time. He's going to continue to to rush through contact because that's just who Lamar Jackson is. He's going to continue to try and do whatever he can to for the betterment of the squad. But if I am an NFL team, it is, it is tough for me to really be all in and, and give this guy cream of the crop money. I think he's deserving of it. Absolutely. He is one of the best quarterbacks that we have in this game. But two seasons in a row now where... When Lamar Jackson's on the field, the difference is obvious. It's significant. The team is so much better when he's in the lineup. Of course, he's Lamar Jackson. But when he goes out, you see his impact. But it's unfortunate that we've had to see back-to-back seasons of Lamar Jackson going out. He was so good this season that he didn't even play, what, the last five games? And they're still in the playoffs? Lamar Jackson was out to prove that he's worth all the money that he wants. But his mission, his goal was to win a championship. So there's no way you can sit here and tell me that Lamar Jackson's missing this game because of contract negotiations. Absolutely not. That's not, that's not who Lamar Jackson is. But I will say that this contract situation could get messy because I know Lamar Jackson wants a, a long-term contract, and he's probably going to get tagged. At the minimum, he is getting tagged by the Baltimore Ravens. And if he gets tagged, I don't know if he's going to be a Baltimore Raven. Probably not. He's already said that he doesn't want to play on the tag. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens this offseason, especially with some rumors of some other big names that could be on the move. Of course, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit later, but Lamar Jackson turns immediately to the top of that list. And I want to see him in Baltimore. I want to see him accomplish that goal that he set out on draft day when he was the 32nd pick in the first round when they were trying to say that he should be a a wide receiver, try out a wide receiver, be a running back. I want to see him reach the, the mountaintop. I want to see him be a Super Bowl champion in Baltimore. 
But but it, it gets tougher and tougher as these years go on, and we see the injuries pile up. I'm interested to see how the Bengals handle the loss of Lyle Collins in the offensive line. And Kappa might not play also. Yeah, but I think that those two are huge. The good news is that the, the Ravens don't have a dominant defensive line. When you're facing Jason Pierre-Paul, who... You know, Respect past him. His prime. Respect the club, bro. Ty is Bowser. Bowser is okay. He has a really cool last name, though. Mm-hmm. Owe is, is cool. Matabunki is okay. Solid. You know, they, they don't have a good defensive line to where I think they can control the game and really dominate in, in that aspect. The real great game is going to be next week when the Bills face the Bengals. That's going to be that's going to yep. be the real great it's game. It's going to be a great game. <laughs> I think that's going to be the real great game. It's going to be two teams that basically had a bye week. In the first round of the playoffs. teams in the league. And then, you know, second round, you know, now now it's, get, now it's time to get busy. Yeah. My boom fantasy line, I have J.K. Dobbins under 61 and a half rushing yards. Under. I, I know J.K. has been really good rushing the ball recently. Interesting. But I think the Ravens will be down. My final score for this game is 20 to 6 Bengals. I think the Ravens will be down. They have one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. And last time J.K. faced the Bengals, he had 44 rushing yards with Lamar Jackson. So I'm assuming that without him, it's going to be much more harder for him to get going. And so that's why I have it at under 61 and a half. I also have a boom fantasy. Oh, dude, got, nice, man. Yeah, I'm doing very excited. Um, I have Tyler Boyd, and I'm an over guy. Tyler Boyd over 34.5. Uh, he's hit that on 10 of the last 14 times he's played the Ravens, including the last four times. Damn. He had 39, 89, 51, 34. So he, he usually hits that over. And then with so much attention on Chase – and T. Higgins, who I just I think so highly of, he's such a great receiver. So much attention on those two. Sometimes people get lost in the fact that Tyler Boyd is a very solid number two. He's just behind those two guys. So look for look for Tyler Boyd to hit the over. I could see 50, 55 yards, 60 yards in this game. So like I mentioned, Joe Mixon, 53 and a half. I'm going the under. Last time they played, which was this past week, he had 11 rushes for 27 yards. That is disgusting. And it was a game that the Bengals were dominant in start to finish, essentially. And for him to not get that workload, of course they're probably resting. They understand that they're, you know, we're playing for the playoffs, and Joe Mixon's a key part of that. But I just can't see a dominant performance out of Joe Mixon, or even a mediocre performance, when there are other pieces that the Bengals can take advantage of. Before we move on, I'm curious if you guys were in the Ravens situation, what would you do here? Would you tag Lamar, trade him? Would you give him a contract extension? What's the plan if you're the GM? Me personally, given the fact that I just paid. A linebacker, hundred million dollars. Yep, I would. I would have paid Lamar weeks ago. Me personally, I would have gave him the bag because he deserves it. I, I will say. I mean, Roquan deserved that money. So does Lamar. But, the, yeah, no doubt. But Roquan came into the Ravens He's a and savage. The defense is one of the best in the league because of him. I wish the Broncos were. But you don't think that's disrespectful though. I don't think it's disrespectful because Roquan, I think he, he's been in. available. Yeah, but Roquan comes in. He changes the defense. He's brand new. He's new. For he's a, a new guy. season, he Lamar drafting. has changed the franchise. Right. You, you see, because without Lamar, Roquan's great. They're losing games. Regardless. You know? There's no doubt. Listen, I think the Ravens are in a tough situation. But if I were running the Baltimore Ravens, I look at the Ravens roster and, and think we're just a receiver away. <laughs> really? Here we go. Yeah, that's all That's all it is. They're just a receiver away. But they cannot hit on receiver in the draft, free agency, where well, they haven't tried on free agency, via trade. They're always the name that could be in the mix, but they never that's end up landing a wide receiver. You know, whether it's been um, nuts. whether it's been Stephon Diggs, whether it's been Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Tyree Kill. They haven't been able to land any of these big-name receivers. But the Ravens are good enough to compete if they get a, a wide receiver number one. 
So I don't see what's the point of rebuilding the entire roster when every position is great damn near on the roster. So, yeah, I mean, pay Lamar Jackson. That's what I would do. I think it was the right decision to pay Roquan Smith as well because Roquan deserved his money, no doubt about it. But, yeah, you know, this team is not far away from competing, so why start over with a brand-new quarterback and you don't know how that's going to pan out? I think you have to pay Lamar Jackson. You said it very perfectly. Roquan came in and changed the landscape of this season, sure, on the defensive aspect of things, but Lamar Jackson came in there and changed the landscape of the franchise and their terms, their goals long-term. He changed that immediately once he got to that organization. And I think you need to you need to reward a player like that, especially one who's been an MVP in this league, someone who has the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a season, who has multiple thousand yard rushing yards, uh, thousand rushing yards seasons at the quarterback position. No other player has done that in NFL history. You, you need to reward a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is a, a a team first player, and there's not many guys like that for sure. You never already know my answer. But before we move on, like like the video, man. We're only at 112 likes. We got, I saw almost, we got 500 almost 500 people in here. here. Let's go. Like the video up, man. So the the difference with the Roquan thing, and this I want to touch on this because he got $100 million. He got $100 million with uh, 60, $60 million guaranteed, which is a lot, more than half of it for sure. At least ain't Lamar Jackson is going to command 200 200 plus, and even that I think is low. No, it's like 260. I, know. I, you know, I think it's like 200 I, I, I think Lamar is definitely looking at the 260 yeah. to 300 million range, yep. and he wants that fully guaranteed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's the major difference. Sean was 230, correct? Yeah. yeah. So and there's no way he, he, he is. He's getting 260 aiming. the minimum. Yeah. So I think that's the major difference in this. You know, I, I've, you know, I think Lamar Jackson deal. deserves it, but. You know, $300 million fully guaranteed. You've been unavailable the last two seasons in the end of the year. You know, it, it is tough for an organization to pay that. So, Cody Cook sent in the Super Chat, four ninety nine. Thank you so much. Tag and trade Lamar. He's as good as he is ever going to be, and his long-term health is a concern. That's a debate. That is a strong debate because we've seen him be only better. gotten better He's as a passer sure. as, as the years and what, have gone And what's on. the backup option? What's, what's plan Huntley. B now? Tyler well, I mean, they can trade Lamar for a top like, pick. There's no way. Let me ask you something. This is a, this a wild thought, but uh, what do you think if the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson, right? They trade him to a team. They get a bunch of draft picks. And in free agency, they sign a Geno Smith or Daniel Jones as a bridge quarterback. They have a great roster still. They just have that quarterback in there. And then, you know, they draft a quarterback Richardson. to learn on, under, under one of those quarterbacks. They are. system in a way. Uh, I think Detroit is a team that you look at that would work because they have a top pick that I'm sure the Ravens would be interested in, and they could go and get probably, probably not Young, but Stroud, Levis, whoever they, they really might want. Um, it makes sense, but it, it leaves you, it makes you flexible going forward, but overall it's still going to limit your ceiling because you don't have a franchise quarterback. So I understand wanting to have you know flexibility. You have to build a roster. I get all of this, but we see in today's NFL – if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're not going to be in, in really any competition to win the Super Bowl. I know we see this year with Brock Purdy, I, kind of a unique situation because, okay, we should say this. If you don't have a elite-level head coach or elite-level quarterback, or you need team. one of them. Elite play caller, which the Ravens don't have. Greg Roman has built a good run system for them, but he's not a Shanahan and Andy Reid. If you don't have an elite play caller or an elite quarterback, you're going nowhere in this league. They don't have either of them if they move off Lamar Jackson. Even you know, even if you have that, you know what's been holding the Niners back sometimes. They don't have Jimmy that quarterback, G. Jimmy yeah. G. 
Mr. Irrelevant could hold him back this year. I don't believe that. I believe he's the greatest, but <laughs> you know, he, he could hold him back, man. So now Claymore donated four ninety nine to the podcast, <laughs> and he wants to know any boom fantasy picks for, for tonight's, tonight's later NBA games. So oh, he's gonna have I'm looking at Houston, right Sacramento, and you know what? I, I I always bet on Sacramento, and for some reason, I always do well when I bet. Uh, with Sacramento, so you know what I'm gonna do. Games tonight? Yeah, there's only six on the slate. Yeah, few started. I'm looking at the Kings lines right now. Tyus Jones, 16 points plus rebounds plus assists. That's the lock right there. Tyus Jones been cooking recently. I look at Alperen Sengun, 15 points. Big Sengun guy. Okay, I like that. What's the underrated one? Santi Aldama, 12.5 points, rebounds, tough, assists. Tough, underrated. Aldama he, gets boards. He OG, gets, he does. Nice. He is pretty good. Yeah, you're not a, you're not a fan of his. Just is that a John thing? John. You know, um, so <laughs> the Kings. I will say this right now about the Kings. The Aaron Fox's line is at twenty six and a half. Sabonis is at twenty one and a half. They're facing the Rockets. The game should be a blowout. So if it is a blowout, they you you should take the unders. If you believe it's a blowout, I would definitely take the under on De'Aaron Fox because De'Aaron Fox paces through the first three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter is when he goes off. Usually. Through the first three quarters, he has like 13 to 15 points, and then in the fourth, he just goes ballistics because he's Mr. Clutch. Bro, using the Steve Nash logic. He's I get Mr. It. Clutch. I get it. So that's what he does. So, you know, if um if that's the case, if you think it's a blowout, then I definitely will take the under on him. But I like I like Shingun's points, and I really do. And Tucker Hoffman, nineteen ninety nine. versus Sabonis tonight. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. We'll be done with the podcast before then, so I'm definitely tuning into that well, I mean, it's 10 o'clock. You know, they're not a real team, so. Patiently waiting for patiently waiting for the Vikings takes. We're definitely gonna get into that Coming. soon. And Joshua Rags, four ninety nine. Thank you so oh, much God. for the super chat. They know, they know, they know that that's gonna be the the controversial conversation today. Jack uh, or the, the Vikings, the game? Vikings Giants. Well, this one could be it too. The, the last Rags. AFC playoff game: Chargers at Jaguars. 8-15, Saturday, Saturday night prime time. You know, it's beautiful. It is. Shout out to the I NFL. I feel like I have a general idea of where you are going to lie, you're going to lie. However, with you, <laughs> for some reason, I have a hard time gauging which side you're going to choose here. I don't even know because where, on, yes, there is a history where you have supported Justin Herbert, and you do uh, give him the recognition that he deserves yeah. from time to time. So is Trevor Lawrence when it's oh, when it it's fitting. However, now you've definitely been vocal about Trevor Lawrence this season, so I do wonder which way you will pick. Well, when they matched up in Week Three, the Jaguars beat the Chargers thirty-eight to ten. Yep, I, I I think the score was was misleading. I didn't think it was that big of a discrepancy when I watched it. In the third quarter, it was sixteen to ten, so it was a very close game. I will say this. Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence since week nine. Lawrence is fourth in EPA per play. Herbert is 10th. These are two quarterbacks that are one of the best movers in the pocket in the league right now. They mitigate a lot of the issues on the offensive line. I think the difference in this game is neither quarterback. I I really don't look at the quarterbacks, and I think that's the difference in the game. I look at Brandon Staley and what he's been able to do with the Chargers secondary in the second half of the season, which has been a top five pass defense in the second half of the season. I see what they did to the Dolphins. And at the time, we thought that offense was unstoppable. 
and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have some trouble. I do. I have the Chargers winning this game 23-16, to so it'll be a close game. The Jaguars' defense are 27th. Uh, they have 27 takeaways this season, which is fourth. So they take away the ball a lot, but I think Herbert protects the ball a lot. And th- their defense is good. They get after their 10th in defensive EPA. They have a sound pass defense. Tyson Campbell is an underrated cornerback, one of the better ones in the league. I think this year, top 15, top 10 for sure. And their defensive line is really good at stopping the run. But I just look at the Chargers secondary. I know that in terms of run defense, they're not very good. But I think they will limit them for the most part on the run, on the ground. And we've seen Trevor Lawrence and he's big time games. Uh, he's looked better. I don't, I don't know. I he's don't know. You know, I think, Jets. I think Trevor Lawrence still has to show me uh, more. Against the Titans, he was mid at uh, best. Against the Titans, he missed multiple throws. And game. J- I thought Josh Dobbs, for he the most part, Josh Dobbs, for the most part, looked better. Yeah, he did. But that I is mean, not a crazy statement. It's, it's not, but Dobbs hitting some throws. I see Trevor Lawrence when he had a wide open receiver in the back of the end zone completely Just miss him. Sale. Yeah, air and those it. are the type of plays in the playoffs that you miss that, you lose the game. You know, luckily they were facing the Titans and Josh Dobbs, and they didn't. But if that was a do or die, win or go home game against a better offense, against a better quarterback, the Jaguars lose. And guess what? The Chargers have a better quarterback. They have a better offense, and that defense is also better, too, on the secondary. And Brandon Staley, for as much shit that he gets, I thought the decision to keep Mike Williams in the game and his starters for the most part week 18 was a bad one. Weird. Pass defense, he is among the best coaches at that defensively and scheming up for that. And I I definitely think that the Chargers win this game. Definitely. Yeah, I do. Oh, you I, think this yeah. is a I'll tell you what. Let me back up. Let me tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm in the exact same belief, so go ahead finish. My boom fantasy lock oh, here we go. is Justin Herbert over 37 and a half pass attempts for this game. Genius. Oh, That's like exactly that. what I put, too. Oh. I feel like they're going to have to pass the ball, uh, especially if they want to win. Uh, Eckler's receiving yards were intriguing. They were. Around 30. Uh, yeah, so. it was around like 36, I believe, something like that. But I definitely did go with the Justin Herbert over on attempts. Um. But what it comes down to me, really, is Justin Herbert needs to win this game because Justin Herbert already has solidified himself statistically. Statistically, he is the best quarterback to ever touch a field in the first three seasons of their career. He has already 5,000-yard season. He's, I think, now two years in a row where he was top two in, in, in passing yards. Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks this game has ever seen. And, and I say that ve- I say that very confidently. He needs to win this game because he needs to make sure that there are no more doubters of Justin Herbert. This game where it is a pretty fair matchup, absolutely. This is, to me, the game of the week. This is the game that I circled that I, I'm going to sit there start to finish. I cannot wait for this one. It's going to be electric. Because, listen, I am also a fan of Trevor Lawrence as well. I understand what he brings to the game. But what Joel said is a fact. That last week against the the Titans was concerning to me. I was expecting him to be more, more confident, more active, and it just seemed like he was a little hesitant to, to me and not as confident in his abilities that we've seen in weeks prior. 
I believe, especially with the Titans in their secondary, the rush defense has been great all season, but the secondary he should have been able to take advantage of. But Justin Herbert has a lot more on the line than Trevor Lawrence does. Trevor Lawrence wasn't supposed to be here. There were expectations for the Chargers this season. People had the Chargers going to the Super Bowl prior to this season. Justin Herbert. You did. I forgot you did. And and listen, man, I don't blame you. On paper, prior to this season, there are very few rosters more talented than the Chargers. But they're getting healthy at the right time. Is Joey Bosa suiting up 100%? Yeah, he played. uh, Oh, he did play? That's great to see. Him and Khalil Mack. And and Mike Will is a TBD right now. I think he's he's leaning towards yes. He's fine. But he might be, you know. When Keenan Allen and Mike Will have returned back to the field, this offense has been completely different. And and Justin Herbert was kind of keeping things afloat with with just Palmer and and Carter and Eckler, of course. We see it. And Gerald Everett. Can't can't count him out of the offense as well. But now you see what happens when you have one of the best in the game in Keenan Allen one of the better receivers in Mike Will, who has really shut me up also doing it again this season when he's on the field. He makes exciting play after exciting play. And Austin Eckler continuing to be one of the best running backs in the game. But the story to me is Justin Herbert. There is so much on the line for Justin Herbert and his legacy. He needs to get past round one because there will be people telling you that Herbert is not as good as he actually is and as we actually know he is. So this game's bigger than just a regular playoff game, week one playoff game. No, I'm sorry. This is this is a legacy game for Justin Herbert, absolutely. Where are you going, Mr. Brown? <laughs> it's against the Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, you could say it's facts. No, no, no. That point exactly. It's against the Jags. And if he loses to the Jaguars, people are going to destroy his name. I just never heard a legacy game against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are different now, also. You could laugh. Yeah, they're a different team. They're not the laughing stock of the league by any means. People are saying the exact. It's the Bengals. Listen, I just. Remember that year Tom Brady Goat played the Jags. I mean, I had the Jags making the playoffs, you know. I had them early in the season. Yeah, we don't need a comment like that after you just disrespected them. We don't need that. <laughs> w- At what point did you we have need... the When did you have the Jags? Wait, no, you had Please the Colts winning had... division. Then yeah, you the, switched the Titan, up. No, then he had the Titans, oh, and then yeah. he had no, 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 the Jags no. for maybe the Jags. a week. No, it was Colts and Jags. Jags I don't all think... the way. You, had three, you picked three different winners. Listen, that division does stink. I so did I. I'm not flexing anything. I hope the best of the best quarterbacks take care of business in Burrow, Allen, and Herbert because it'll give us the best possible divisional round playoffs that we've seen. You know, we're going to see Allen versus Burrow, Herbert versus Mahomes. But we need that. And I hope that they all take care of business. But this is the toughest AFC playoff going to pick for sure. Yeah. You know, you said something very interesting. You said Trevor Lawrence doesn't have much pressure. And I disagree. I think when you're a generational prospect, you have all the pressure in the world from day one. Fair. You know, I think especially in year two, making the playoffs, that's pressure in itself because – Franchise quarterbacks don't become made in the regular season. They become made in the playoffs. 100%. And even though Trevor Lawrence is a generational prospect, you still have to do something in the playoffs. What do we criticize Tua for? What do we criticize Hurts for? What have you done for me in the playoffs? So I think Trevor Lawrence does that pressure, especially with the fan base, the way they've rolled into the playoffs. You know, they were a little bit hot towards the end of the year. They rolled into the playoffs without really having a chance early on. The pressure is on. The city of Jacksonville is behind this team. So they are all in on this quarterback, you know, and they have to show something. The Chargers are the better team, I feel like. They have the better quarterback, they're the better team. You know, they should win this game. But something about the Jacksonville, the Jaguars' story makes me want to lean Trevor Lawrence. And Doug Peterson, he's been here before. He knows what it takes. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. 
I'm going to lean Jacksonville on this one. You know, I think this game is a 50-50. I think these teams are really close. You know, as much as I, I do like Justin Herbert, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think the Jaguars, I think Trevor Lawrence will have a big day. I think Travis Etienne will have a big day. I think this offense will come to play. And they just have too much riding on this game. You know, they came in hot. They have the, the that that weight on their shoulders, that under underdog mentality on their shoulders, and that's going to pull them out for the win. So I got the Jaguars winning this game. And uh, to just throw my boom fantasy in there, Travis Etienne is 15.5 receiving yards. I have that over. He's hit that four times this year, especially as of late. He had 39 yards, 24 yards in his last two games. I think he hits that pretty comfortably because I do oh. think this is an Etienne game, and I think the Jaguars steal this one on the road. It's going to be, I think, maybe the best game of the weekend. This is going to be. Better fucking show. It really could be. You have two of the you know young stud quarterbacks, both first time in the playoffs. Um, and you have Brandon Staley, who's definitely improved. I think if he didn't make the playoffs, he's a lock to get fired. If they get embarrassed in this game, there's still fired. a chance, I think, especially with all the Sean Payton rumors out there, that he does get fired. And then you have Doug Peterson on the other side, uh, first time or first year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He wants to put a stamp on this on this season, which has already been a success getting into the playoffs. None of us predicted that to start the year. I think outside of the quarterbacks, obviously that matchup is going to be what everyone's talking about is the status of Mike Williams, which you alluded, alluded to earlier. The fact that Brandon Staley even left his players in that game, some players into the fourth quarter, he removed Justin Herbert in the third quarter. Keenan Allen was still in there in the fourth quarter. Keenan Allen's 30 years old. Mike Williams, 28, 29 years old. What are these guys? They don't need reps. They need rest and to stay healthy. Because of that, unfortunately, Mike Williams did get banged up. He is expected to play, but there's probably a decent chance he's limited in some capacity. Obviously, he uses his athleticism more than anything to make plays down the field. Um, but he is expected to play, which is obviously going to be huge for this offense. For how great Trevor Lawrence has been this season, especially the second half of the year, Week 9 on, really, he's been statistically one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If the Jags want to win this game, it's it's going to be on the ground. The Chargers are once again one of the worst rush defenses in the league, allowing over or excuse me around 150 rushing yards per game. I do like that. Um, I actually can't say what I do like on Boom Fantasy, but Etn <laughs> Etn I think will have a pretty good game going going up against Slam this, this pretty bad ETN. this pretty bad rush defense. Um, and because of that, I think Trevor Lawrence can be able to make some plays. I know this is a good secondary, but if you're going to be able to get that that run game going, that just opened up the pass game. We also saw Trevor Lawrence play a good defense in the Jets, and he used his legs a ton in that game, whether it was read option or just straight up scrambling when plays were breaking down. He had a bunch of rushing yards against the Jets. It wouldn't surprise me if he did that once again. And especially over this um, this five-game win streak that the Jaguars have had, which is kind of a storyline coming in. Oh, there's hot team. They won all these games. So have the, the Chargers. Um, but over this five-game win streak for Jacksonville, they beat Josh Jobs and the Titans, Davis Mills and the Texans, Zach Wilson slash Chris Trevler and the, and the Jets. And they did beat Dak Prescott. This defense had allowed 34 points, but they came back great. Comeback win in overtime. But the Chargers, to their own right, have won five out of their last six. Their only loss really coming against Week 18 against the Broncos when they pulled their starters. They do have Justin Herbert. They do have the more talented offense and talented team all around, I would say. I've been going back and forth on this game all week. As I've been doing the notes, I had the Jaguars and the Chargers, the Jaguars. I think I've settled on the Jaguars. I think it's going to be a close game. <laughs> After I think, you said the Chargers going to the Super Bowl? I think it's going to yeah, be. That's actually fucking I, nuts. I've made that prediction week one. I don't give a fuck. No confidence. Um, Come I, on. I do, have, I do have the Jags winning 24 to 21. I think it's going to be a close game. Side. It's going to be a toss-up. <laughs> Um, I haven't had a Chargers agenda. I just thought they'd go to the Super Bowl. You're flipping the side, brother. That's Am okay. I? I'm going to be honest, Joel. Come on, bro. Have There's... I talked about the Chargers? No, no, no. no. Listen, <laughs> my, my quarrel has nothing to do with this conversation. Oh, okay. My quarrel has to do with 
one, a little bit. You had a lot of belief in the Chargers. The Jaguars are scaring you off? This is a good job. They're a good team. They're a good team. They're at home. They won the division. They got, I trust Doug Peterson more than I do Brandon Staley. The reason you have them because they won the division. They were home last week. That's the reason? I mean, I'm not saying that. They were home last week against the Titans. They looked mid. The crowd is going to be rowdy. It is going to be rowdy. It is going to be an insane environment. Absolutely. Doug Peterson will have his boys. When they had the strip sack fumble and they went up, the crowd was. It was deafening in that building. Look, the Jazz could but definitely it's, it's, beat the them. The Chargers aren't going to make. I just you said def, you said definitely the Chargers <laughs> will win. That, yeah. So now the Jacks could definitely be. Listen, the <laughs> we're no, I, 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 bro, it's, it's a toss-up game, game, game to me. It's a toss-up game to me. It's minus, What's the line on minus, Vegas? I think Chargers. Come on, bro. That's it's literally need Chargers are, I believe, two point. My only issue is that you said the Chargers will definitely win. Yeah, that's why. That's why I was confused. The Jacks can definitely win. I think the Chargers will win. But I can I, if the Jaguars win, am Typical I going to be like, line. my uh, goodness, wow! Of course I, not. Well, I, I feel the same I'm way. I, it's a toss-up game. This oh, this is the, yeah, uh, the only toss-up yeah, in the AFC. Win. Yeah, they can win. Sorry if I. I would be shocked if the Chargers lost. Honestly, yeah. really, I'd be shocked. They shouldn't lose this game. I but understand I, their I, way, the, but the Chargers organizational history doesn't move you that they just it, Justin Herbert was not a part of the past. I I didn't expect you to have the Jags. You didn't expect me to? No, I more expected him to have the Jags. I thought he was going to take the Jags as well. Yeah. I know ball. I've been going back and oh, forth all so week. I, I hope that you do take the Jags. I could be the only wow. one taking the Chargers here. I, I like I that better. But I, I don't like the, I actually I don't, don't like, like when we all have the same pick. It makes me no, nervous. I actually don't like it either. I love when we have different picks. I like being on side. I don't like being on your guys' side. Fair. I mean, this guy's a cool dude. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I like being on all your sides. Ah, Dells. I can't believe it, dude. What? I, I, I'll no, be honest. I'll pick the I'll pick the Chargers no, this I'm week, and then too. then next week they go against the Bills or Chiefs. Like, oh, come on, bro. We're just uh, we're, if the Chargers <laughs> beat, if the Chargers face the Chiefs, I I bet you pick the Chargers. No way. <laughs> if the Chargers liar. play the Chiefs, it'd be an unbelievable game. The liar. You would pick the Chargers. Yeah, oh, yeah. It'd be hard yeah, not yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I yeah, don't, I don't see a real path for the Chargers to make the Super Bowl, unfortunately. Sure. So Sammy Dadon TV donated $9.99 late to the stream. But since the Ravens don't want to pay Lamar Jackson, tag him and give him a prove it year with DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> prove it year? Lamar, prove it year. And Got then it. also swap Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. I think it's a win-win for both teams. I love the show. Joel's my fave. That's why I'm talking about you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I really Maybe, have no idea. Maybe. We're two I, handsome guys. I have no idea. It could um, be any of us. Yeah, I don't think the Bears are going to do Maybe that. Maybe because they're talking about the Ravens and you're a big Lamar guy. Maybe he's talking about you. Could be. Nice, I, I feel. I feel like I've been I don't think, pretty I see this. I see this Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields swap like a lot. I don't think it makes any sense i don't chicago oh, well, doesn't make sense. maybe i guess you, it makes sense right but i think it's unrealistic not that it doesn't make sense you know of course it makes sense but it's on it's very unrealistic why would the bears which is why i don't want to entertain yeah. uh, the thought of it's it it's like you're putting lamar jackson in a situation completely yeah. by himself yeah, yeah why not just pay lamar jackson and get deandre hopkins and then that's it. You know, that's the, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to get D-Hop, why do I got to trade yeah. Lamar? It's going to be, I don't know how they would, they have to pay, they paid Roquan, they have to pay Lamar, then D-Hop, I'm not sure. I, I mean, know. D-Hop's only making like 17 a year, though. And also, I think that, well, the Bears, that's highway robbery. Lamar Jackson is so much better than Justin Fields. It's yeah. not even close. You know, I think the Ravens, there would have to be a lot of development going on in order for Justin Fields to even be close to Lamar Jackson. For sure. You know, so I think... It's definitely a tough situation. 
Football Outsiders, they had this tweet about Justin Fields. Fields was 10th worst in passer rating this year, and his passing DVOA of minus 35.5% was worse by a lot. Matt Ryan was the next worst at minus 22.5%, which means that Fields was 12% worse, and Fields' sack rate of 14.7% was the worst of any qualifying quarterback since Jake Plummer in 1997. I'm just saying, Fields showed flashes, but I, I also do think that this notion that he's a franchise-stamped quarterback is also a bit overblown. They're, how he handles pressure in the pocket is a bit worrisome. Their offensive line forward. is not the greatest. Yes, but sack rate has a lot to do Fair. with the quarterback. Not gonna you know, Justin Field, I mean, Justin Herbert's offensive line is not good this year, but he has one of the lowest sack rates. Sack rate is, as we've grown... As, like, analytics and football has grown, uh-huh. that's more of a quarterback stat. Like, pressures and sack rate is more on the quarterback, more so than the offensive uh-huh. line. So, the fact that he's taking a lot of sacks means that he's not going through his progressions fast enough, and he's not finding it out quick The enough. one thing I will say to, to his defense is, are you going to hit a, a progression fast enough when your wide receiver one is Chase Claypool? And let's be honest, what is that saying, Still really? Still got a lick. Um, yeah, they got the 32nd pick overall for for Chase Claypool. Uh, Darnell Mooney, who also is was, had a torn ACL, was out for the season. Uh, Velas Jones, who was just drafted last season. Do you think that uh, there's is a signed and sealed stamped franchise quarterback? I think that he becomes your signed and sealed franchise stamped quarterback when you need help on the defense, when you need help on the offensive line, when you need help at the wide receiver position. When you have as many holes as you have and, and Justin Fields – where, yes, I'm not going to say he's the best passer right now. No way. However, when you have when you have something that not many other quarterbacks have in their arsenal, and by not many, I mean 95% of the league, it's something that you actually have to take into account for sure. There's a reason why the, that the Eagles decided to stick with Jalen Hurts on top of his intangibles. He shows something that, that not many have, his rushing ability. They believe that he could progress as a passer. I believe similarly with the Bears, they feel they feel they could do the same with Justin Fields. Where, yeah, I mean, even still, it's kind of close between who, where at this point in their career, obviously not this season with with Jalen Hurts. I'm talking last season's equi- equivalent. Yeah. Where, if we're going season for season, last year, Jalen, uh, excuse me, Justin Fields this season had the better rushing season. Of course, the touchdowns favor favor Hurts. I believe what he had ten last season, something rushing, like that. Yeah, but. There's argument that Fields is the best rushing quarterback in the game. When you have as many holes as the Bears, rushing period. That's bro. a like, no. Okay, uh, that's a, get strong. That's strong. That's, that's strong. Is there any? Is there anyone more explosive in the league than him? I mean, Saquon Barkley. I also think that we don't see leaps like what Hurts did often. I I don't disagree, but when you have something that no, seen almost, like one a year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts recently, but yeah, but I, I in the history, it, facts. It, with Justin Fields on the situation, is, but do we think Fields, Fields can just not start and then start and then have a thousand rushing yards? My, I don't think we've seen that. My my quarrel with it is that in the off season, if you were talking about the Bears and the Jaguars, you know, knowing you two, Darnell Mooney's over Christian Kirk. Would you not have? In the offseason, you probably would have said that. Cole Komet, Evan Ingram, you would have said it's a toss-up, right? Yeah, probably. Cole Komet was really good towards the end of the season. I know, but we're we're looking at the Jaguars, and 
Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones. Why are we comparing Trevor Lawrence Lawrence and Fields? I know Lawrence, he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He's a signed, sealed franchise quarterback. All I'm saying is that I I think Justin Fields was fine last season, Mm -hmm. but because because Mm -hmm. he was in a bad situation, a lot of the bad things he also did get swept under the rug and is disguised under he's in a bad situation. For sure. You know, when just like looking at, no, like, there are things about his game that aren't good. Yeah. And it's definitely alarming. You know, it's not nothing. You know, is it everything? No, but it's not nothing. And and it's it's, it's nothing. pretty funny because I remember in the offseason having this exact conversation because my prediction for the Bears was like two or three wins. I remember yeah. saying, I think the Bears are going to be bad enough to have a top three pick, and we're going to have this conversation. Literally the exact conversation we're having now is saying, do you move on from Justin Fields and, and take a quarterback? I think the prospects we have in this draft class makes you stick with Fields. If this was a year later and you, Caleb, have, you don't, you, and you have you Caleb Williams work. 101, yeah. then it's a different conversation. I think you move off Fields. But it just doesn't seem like any of these quarterbacks really fit the right system. And, and like you mentioned, the weather, too, in Chicago, that division – I don't know if you take Bryce Young, who's 5'9", 190 pounds. It's six feet. Oh, no, no, no. They lied. Oh, no, it, it says six feet. He's not six feet. Four inches shorter than he actually is. No, is the insane. college college play, college play websites and schools just straight up lie about players all the time. They had, like, Rashad Bateman listed, like, 6'4". He's, like, barely six foot. Um, but I do think you, you do keep Justin Fields. It's just a unique situation compared to the Eagles because the Eagles didn't have the first overall pick. And the Eagles went to the playoffs. They had some success with and the Hurts. And the roster was nuts. And the roster, but yes, to their credit, their roster was much more complete, which is why, you know, Jalen Hurts on this Bears team isn't going to the in the playoffs either last season. Um, but I, I do think having the first overall pick, there's a discussion there. But the fact that you could trade down probably to like five with Indianapolis, still get a blue chip prospect and get a boatload of picks on top of that, that's the right move for the organization. NFC playoffs. We went through the AFC, so I guess let's just wrap up the AFC real quick. These are AFC wild card predictions, Bills and Dolphins. I'm bills. going with the, the Bills. It yeah, shouldn't even be a question. We all have the Bills. shouldn't be a question. Bills win 30 to 10. By how many touchdowns are they going to win? Uh, <sighs> I think they win 30 to 10, so like three touchdowns. To my Finn fam, we don't deserve to go out like this. I'm going two plus, minus 13 and a half. I'm going 28 10. I'll be honest, this could be a 20 point game. Ravens, Bengals. This is going to be a Bengals win, of course, and I, this could be a two-touchdown score as well. I got the Bengals in this game as well. I mean, easily, right? You said These the Ravens? The two yeah. <laughs> I was trolling. I got, Bang, I got yeah, Bengals. Bengals should win comfortably, but low scoring. Fuck. Now, the, the only game that's interesting in the AFC playoffs, Chargers at Jaguars, Herbert versus Lawrence. What's your pick, Dells? I got the Jags, barely squeaking it out, 24-21. I'll go uh, Jacksonville, 16-19. I'm going with the Chargers. I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend by far. I'm going 24-17. I'm going with the Chargers, too. I think that Brandon Staley's defense is going to come to play. His, his secondary is one of the best in the league, man. It is. And Trevor Lawrence, you got to see him in a big-time spot. And we've seen Kirk, obviously, when he has a, a fair matchup. Of course, uh, Excuse me. When he has a matchup that is in favor of him, he dogs. But when he has a true number one lined up on the opposite side of him, he struggles. And with the Chargers' secondary... You could take them out of the game. Yeah, so I'm going to charge in that one. So we'll see what the what the record is after. Hopefully I'm 3-0. Now, now <laughs> NFC playoffs. First game. This Seahawks is where you struggled last season, right? At the 49ers. Ooh. Yeah, the NFC uh-huh. was my strong suit. Seahawks at the 49ers. You know, for me, I, I put out this EPA chart, defensive EPA in the second half of the season chart. And the 49ers are far and away above everybody else. It's pass it's defense, insane. rush defense. 
this is a very tough matchup for comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith, <laughs> he's been amazing this year. And even in his second match versus the Niners, he played well. I thought he played well. I, did, I, I thought he did his thing. But this is the best pass defense EPA, EPA in, a, in, a, in a game, top three against the run. And I think the Niners are going to dominate in every single facet of this game. You know, I think the Seahawks won't be able to get anything going on the run. In the pass game, it's going to be difficult as well. I think the Niners and what they do with the play action stuff, Christian McCaffrey getting Debo back, Kittle has come along nicely with oh, Brock Purdy. My God. I, I just think this is going to be can't can't ignore Ayuk either. Yeah. I mean Ayuk has been unbelievably great. This is going to be the 49ers winning. I, I have the score being twenty four to fourteen. So I have the Seahawks having you know oh, some you're success. Giving them a chance. Yeah. You know, th- no no no. The, the score this the score. But oh the score the doesn't feel okay. The feel of the game's not going to feel like the score. Twenty four. Only twenty four points. Twenty four. It to seems 14. like anyone that the Niners have played recently, it's been an onslaught. Uh, I outside mean, the Raiders. Yeah. Facts. That's <laughs> a fact. Outside of Jared Stidham. No, but no. I mean, onslaught. Excuse me. A, a great offensive performance every single week. It seems like the Niners are just putting up boatloads of points. Against the Seahawks defense, that really is not that great. I expect no. it to continue. So my boom fantasy lock of the week is George Kittle. You mentioned it. He has come alive since Brock Purdy has taken over at the helm. Him and George Kittle have an obvious connection. Last time they met up, I believe George Kittle had two touchdowns over 90 yards. Uh, my lock is George Kittle, 41 and a half. He, he will continue to eat. He will continue to to be a top three tight end in the league, and it'll be on full, full disclosure this weekend. But... The Niners, excuse me, the Seahawks are a great story because they should not be in this position that they are. They should not be in the playoffs. Geno Smith, you mentioned it, your comeback player of the year. I would be more than more than happy to give that award to him. It's between him and Saquon Barkley for me. Um, but it's a testament to how great of a culture Seattle has and Pete Carroll and what he's been able to do over there. Uh, what, what's going on over here? I'm trying to talk. You guys are, are passing... Little balls of dough. Can I you asked please? him if he wanted to put it in my mouth. Are you guys serious? You said no. I put it in my mouth. Why'd you get so mad? <laughs> oh, shit. I tried, I tried to keep it straight. <laughs> Bro said feed it to him. That's yeah, you're nuts. nuts. Yeah. You, need, you need God. Um, you need God, Mary, no, and Jesus. No, absolutely. Uh, but it shouldn't be this complicated. I'm going with the Niners. I think that the Niners are continue to be an uh, offensive juggernaut. Christian McCaffrey is going to continue to insert himself at the top of the running back position, truthfully. We don't. We haven't seen someone as dynamic as him in this game almost ever, truthfully. Uh, it's it's Austin Eckler and him, and I'm sorry Christian McCaffrey just clears him. And that's with <laughs> respect. Eckler's a great back, but Christian McCaffrey's at a different level, especially in this system. I'm going with the Niners. I think it's going to be comfortable. I'm going with the 30-17 win. Seattle, it's been a great season. I think uh, Pete Carroll should get Coach of the Year consideration. I oh, think yeah, Gino should, should get Comeback Player of the Year consideration, maybe even the favorite. They had a great rookie draft class, Tariq Woolen, Charles Cross. Um, Kenneth Walker is in consideration, even though I do think Garrett will, will get it. He's in consideration for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And uh, I think it comes down to Pete Carroll said it perfectly. He's he's talking about in the after or press conference, you know, yesterday, the day before, they asked him about the Lions. They're so like, oh, he's like, I'm so grateful for the Lions. They played a great game. They have a great football team. And then he goes on to say, unfortunately, we're playing the 49ers this week. <laughs> and that's facts. Unfortunately, they're playing the 49ers, who have been the, probably the best team in football really since Jimmy G has gone down. Ironically, even before that, they've been the hottest team. The defense is by far the best in the league. 
They're one of the most efficient offenses. There, it's really hard to see any world where the Seahawks go into go into San Francisco and win this game. Um, I I have the Niners winning pretty comfortably, twenty-seven to thirteen, two touchdown game. Um, mm. But uh, Seattle, you, the the future is bright. Top five pick, you know, you got Geno who might be something. Maybe he's not. You could take a quarterback. You could move on. Whatever you want to do. There's you have a lot of flexibility, a lot of you know moves to make in the future. Unfortunately, this matchup with this really young team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you got some vets offensively. This young team going to San Francisco with a lot of vets outside the quarterback <laughs> position. Divisional game, so I don't want to be disrespectful, but I think the 49ers win comfortably. Uh, Drew, quickly, CMC or LT? LT. All time, of course, Damian Thompson. No, in terms of... um, Being dynamic? Yes. Probably Damian Thompson. Go to Damian. He's like 5'9". For sure, but <laughs> we I don't think a player ever in the history of the game outside of Christian McCaffrey has had an 1,000, 1,000 yard season. Yeah, yeah, I was just so when it comes to being dynamic, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey's in any conversation you have with the running back. And I'm glad you brought that up, honestly, because... People didn't love that comment, but let's be completely honest. When it comes to receiving and rushing the football, Christian McCaffrey has to be at the top of the list. I thought LT. No, fair. I actually just did a a deep dive into that season. Mm -hmm. Did you know for the first two seasons, LT didn't score a touchdown? Why? He just didn't score. And he ended with 28 rushing. That's just how crazy of a year he had. Goat. Um, I got the Niners comfortably. Like you said, Seahawks, great story. Had a great draft class. Uh, Geno Smith, comeback player of the year, in my opinion. Had a great year. Was arguably better than a lot of vets. Yeah. Better than a lot of guys Def. who should have been ahead of him. Um, my, Seahawks, my guy. Yeah, no, your guy Facts. sucks. But um, the Seahawks, unfortunately, they just ran into a bad matchup. The Niners are one of the best teams in the NFL. That defense is aggressive. It's stingy. It's elite. Offensively, they'll be able to get it done, maintain, manage the clock, put points on the board. And for my boom, I got hammering. I'm hammering everything on Christian McCaffrey. Hammering the over. Since he's got to the 49ers, he's been amazing in the rush game. The passing game, you know what you're going to get from him. And Brock Purdy has loved playing with Christian McCaffrey because that's like his safety blanket. So Fact. I got the score. I want to say I'm going to give it 24 to 10. I give the Seahawks with a little bit of respect. But like you said, it's going to be dominant from start to finish. The score may not feel like it, but the game is going to feel like the Niners are in control at every point of the game. But shout out to Seattle because it's been a great story for them. For boom, I have a matchup. Brock Purdy is at plus nine passing yards versus Geno Smith. Looking at the history of 49er games in the playoffs, the quarterback isn't tasked to do much. And I think the Seahawks are going to be down a lot in this game. So I'm going with Geno Smith in the matchup over Brock Purdy, and he has a plus nine passing yard cushion. Purdy does, but I'm going with Geno Smith in this one. Add on to his comeback player of the year resume Come. with a boom fantasy win. Come. So yeah, I think we all have the 49ers in this one. No, no more. No, there's really not a, a need to talk about that. Here we more. go. Big matchup. This is. This, I think, this might be match of the week. The next. <laughs> <laughs> the next two games, I think, are are really intriguing. I, I don't know what you guys are going to pick. Giants at Vikings preview. Now, the first game, you the Vikings exactly won 27 to 24. You know, looking at the Giants, you know, they're getting healthy at the right time, right? You have Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson, they're back. Oh. And it feels like the Vikings are getting unhealthy at the wrong time. Brian O'Neill is not playing. He injured his Achilles. Bradbury, their center, was limited. They might be on their third-string center at this point. And I come down and ask myself this question, can the Vikings slow down the Giants' pass rush? 
I think it's going to be very hard. You know, I do. The Giants' front four is elite. Kayvon, Lawrence, Williams, uh, Ojalari. And, you know, I, I look at the Giants, no, and this is a very— a, No, we don't need this. We don't very need this. tough matchup. Big switch. You know, I, I, wanna, I actually want to get your guys' picks first before okay. I get my, get my pick. No, although you did just kind of give your whole breakdown. No, because he, he could. Flip I was gonna say heartbeat. the bait and switch. I, no, I feel no, it. That, I, I feel it in my bones. I, I want to pass. Build it up I want to pass to you. I know where I am. I'm, I'm going to pass to you. Where are you, Joe? No, hey, hey, I'm passing to you. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to. I want to know you which know where he's going. Come on. Are you going with the New York Football Giants? He's sticking with the G-Men. I said it all season long. Mostly towards this back end, of course. When the the Giants got hot, when everyone thought they they wouldn't, they'd fall off. Me included. I thought the injuries were going to be to their detriment, and they just continued. To play better and better each week. On the road, I think the Giants are a better football team than they are at home. And it has to do with MetLife and those New York fans, truthfully. They're cutthroat. I, I don't even like to be in the stands when I'm watching a, a Giants or a Jets game because the fans can be so brutal to their players, really. But when it comes to playing on the road, and we saw it on display when they played the Vikings earlier, let me not say earlier, a couple weeks ago, and Greg Joseph lines up for a 61-yard game-winning field goal when people didn't even think the game would be that close. It speaks to how good of a football team the Giants are, not only on the road, but just in general, and how well Daniel Jones has progressed this season. Of course, we're going to talk about Brian Dable later when we talk about our coach of the year, at least I will. But you can't, you cannot look at the success of the Giants and not look at Daniel Jones and not look at Saquon Barkley. And, of course, you mentioned it on the, on the defensive side of things in the pass rush. Kayvon Thibodeau has just come alive in the second half of this season. If he wasn't injured to start the season, he probably would be the leader to be defensive rookie of the year. Honestly, that's how I feel, how dominant he's been of these last couple of weeks. You have Kayvon Dexter, who was just named to the, the players. or Dexter Lawrence. No, Dexter Lawrence right now. Dexter Lawrence. Kayvon Dexter. Oh, did I? <laughs> Kayvon and Dexter. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, who was just voted by the players. Uh, all pro at the nose tackle, uh, and you mentioned it. They're going to be on their third string center at, right at this point. Dexter's going to have a field day. This this pass rush is going to have a field day getting to the quarterback, and that turns the ball over to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And when it comes to a team running out the clock, there are very few that can do it as well as the Giants. Daniel Jones, one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league. I don't care if you don't like that statement; it's a fact. Saquon Barkley, arguably the best running back in the league. This team can milk a lot of clock and beat the Vikings, and I believe they will beat the Vikings. I'm going with the with the upset here. I think it's going to be the Is this really one an upset? According to Vegas, three point. I think it's going to be the most basically they're home, so they get three. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I'm going 27-24, New York Giants. How is the score of the original game? Was it actually? Yeah, bizarre. Good. What Where about you, Des? I'm curious. Oh, I'm actually curious about you, Des. Um, another one of these games I've been going back and forth on. Not as much as the Chargers yeah. Jacks, but I've been going back and forth on. For me, these two teams seem pretty similar. I mean, they've been in a bunch of one-score games. The Vikings have been in 11 one-score games. They have won all 11 of them. The Giants have been in 13 one-score games. They have won eight of them. These are two teams that are used to playing in tight games, competitive games where one mistake can make or break it. Where you know one the fumble goes one way or the other, the ball bounces one way or the other, and that really ends up being you know the sign factor in the winner loss. The fact that the Vikings have won all eleven one score games, it has to come to an end. 
at some point, right? It can't last forever that you win all of these one-score games that everything just happens to go your way at the right time. Justin Jefferson makes this ridiculous one-hand catch 20 yards down the field to go on to beat the Buffalo Bills. All the weird shit that's happened to this Vikings team. Go. For the Giants, I want to say it's a two-man show with Saquon and Daniel Jones, but I'd be lying. It's been Daniel Jones. The last two months of the season... Saquon hasn't had over 100 rushing and receiving yards. I can't believe you. My brother. He hasn't. My brother. As much as, I, as much as shit as I give Daniel Jones, as much as I've hesitated to give him $30-plus million, it's been him running this offense. Saquon has not had never, 100 rushing-plus receiving yards. It shocked me. Except two times in the last two months. Over these last eight games, it's happened two times. That goes to show you how much Daniel Jones has progressed, how much Brian Dable has really built this offense around him, and... While they don't have a lot of explosive plays down the field, I think I think Daniel Jones has like seven big-time throws on the season. They don't really push the ball down the field a lot. A lot of that has to do with the personnel. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins came in like week 13 and was all of a sudden their best wide receiver. Love him. That's nuts, by the way. The Vikings. He's a savage. For, for the Vikings, I am picking the Giants here. Um, but for the Vikings to win this game, I think they have to be good situationally. We know how bad their defense is. They're one of the worst pass defense in the league, if not the worst. But situationally this season, they haven't been terrible in terms of third down defense, they're actually top 12 in the league. And in terms of red zone defense, they sit around 19th, 20th. Obviously not great, but a lot better improvement than ranked 31st against the pass in terms of yards per game. So I do think if they're able to lock up on third down and in the red zone, that gives them a great chance. I just trust Brian Dable in this offense. He's been extremely creative all year. You saw it start week one against the Tennessee Titans, going for two points, winning that game that really set the tone for the entire season it's going to be a good game. It's going to be back and, forth, back and forth all game. I don't see any world where either team gets up by more than really a touchdown unless they get some weird pick six or something. I think the Giants win a close one, 27-26. Now, Tucker Hoffman, Super Chat, $19.99. Tucker. Vikings are resilient. Tell me why they will make it out of the NFC hashtag skull. Now, listen. The defensive line is a mismatch for the Vikings, there's no doubt. With that being said, Kirk Cousins is the most hit quarterback this season. He's been under pressure all year. The first matchup between the Giants and the Vikings, you'll look at the end of the game and be like, they won on a 61-yard field goal. But the Vikings were up in that game for most of the game. And situationally... I like them. You say that the uh, uh, 11 games that they've won and won scores, you know, they haven't lost one yet. You know, that does worry me because, you know, all good things must come to an end. And I definitely can see a scenario where we're here talking about, of course, you know, of course the one loss is in the playoffs. It's so Vikings of them, right? And so Kirk Cousins of them. Just saying. This disdain you have for Kirk Cousins. The team that was down, what, 3rd to 3 against the Colts? The, the same Daniel Jones, okay, the Tua Colts. guy. It's the Colts. Right. 33 no, I'm saying they were crazy. losing. The fa- they came oh, back, God, but facts. the fact that you're down in the first place is a <laughs> fucking joke. I Listen. <laughs> and that happens to the Giants. It's no coming back. You talked about how the Giants are the underdogs in this game. I, I really don't think they are. I know that. I, I don't think they are. <laughs> what are you I talking about? You look, you look at the Vikings record. You look at oh, the Vegas odds. And, and it's like, oh, the Vikings are minus three. But guess what? Everybody that's betting this weekend is looking at that Vikings and Giants game like, 
you know, I'm taking the Giants. Is everybody it's not no taking the Giants? No that means that they're not the favorites. Because I feel like everybody's taking the Giants. And it guess terrifies what? terrifies me. <laughs> I think that they're in the Vikings locker room. You see how they celebrate after the game. Kirkio chains. In the locker room, how they talk about one another. They have a special bond in that locker room. I'm nothing. I'm vanilla. You don't think that they understand that the entire football world is writing this team off right now? They're frauds. They're not legit. Oh, all, oh, the Giants are going to come into Minnesota and beat this team. Listen, I think the Vikings are hearing that. This is an afternoon game. It's not a primetime game. What is Kirk Cousins in the afternoon? He's a new nightmare. And Kirk Cousins, I think, and the Vikings team, I believe, are listening to all the outside noise of people doubting them that they can't even advance past the wild card and are taking that as disrespect. I think the Vikings win this game. It will be close. I got 28 to 24. Let's go for a reason. I got I got the Vikings winning this game. You thought we were gonna pick the Vikings? You genuinely Man. thought we were going to pick the Giants. I knew you were going to pick the Giants. I knew you were going to pick the Giants. I knew what man. you were going to do. I know what he was going to do. I had a feeling he was in towards Giants. He's not a Kirk Cousins fan. He's a ball. He's knower. not. He's a he's, ball. Knower. I think he's just fine. I, mean, I Kirk, do think Kirk the pressure Cousins. doesn't it feel like the pressure's on Minnesota this game. The it's Giants all have on them. the Giants have overachieved this They've year. There is no, no reason for them to there be is in this position. Most of the pressure's on Minnesota because they're a thirteen win team. There's no doubt. But I think that Minnesota is also saying everybody's picking against us and. You know what? That's the type of motivation you need to go out there and kick somebody's ass. And I think the Giants, listen, the first matchup, you you, you said that Daniel Jones had seven big time throws on the season. I think two of them were against the were against the Vikings. Two, been, two yeah. of them were, I mean, guys were wide open. The Vikings, there's this weird belief I have in them that their secondary will show up. I, I just feel it. Really? Like, First time all year. I think game, so. Game 19. The thing about the Vikings is that they give up these plays, but there's times when they, they really lock in, they lock up situations. You must not know who Daniel And there's Jones nobody is. on the Viking, on the Giants that scares you as a receiving threat. You don't know about Isaiah Daniel Jones had 300-plus yards. He did it like twice all season, one of them against the Vikings. So I know. I Listen, the Vikings secondary is You're going to learn bad. about the Isaiah Hodges. You're going to learn about bad. Richie James. You're going <laughs> to learn. My boom fantasy matchup for this game. Boom, boom. I got Saquon Barkley over plus two rushing yards against Davin Cook. Okay. That's what I have for today. Oh, it's a matchup? He's getting plus two. I'm cool with that. I went with Saquon's over on rushing attempts. I am a sucker for rush attempts. That's why I make a lot. 17 and a half. That is the crib. I guarantee he'll hit that. Duke Shelley's been really fine this year. Um, Patrick Peterson has moments. Duke Shelley has, yeah. Ball, ball Rem- remember, ball. remember when Zadarius Smith Actually was dominant in the first half of the year? Remember when he was doing his thing? Yeah. Uh, Forget that Andrew Thomas exists. No, my he, brother. No, he's. I'm just talking. They were talking getting about the, pressure on him in the last matchup too. Remember, uh, remember that game where they were running a bracket coverage on Jettas and he still got the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's Jettas. Jet- yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what we see. Jordan Jackson's back though. Doesn't move me. Who knows? Um, take away Jettas, it's over. It's gonna be like a triple coverage for sure. Yeah, McKinney it, you and, know it. It, it, it must suck being a home team and winning thirteen games, and people are still not picking you in a playoff game. It must be extremely wild. You know, them having a minus three point differential all year is kind of sick. But if you look at their losses with the Vikings, they pretty much lost to, for the most part, all good teams. You know, Eagles, Cowboys. You know, they they they've getting blown out, but they they've lost to pretty much teams we know are definitively that better Eagles than was them. A- 
Yeah, the Cowboys game wasn't no, no it wasn't no, any no. better. But um, in terms of the Vikings and the Giants, for me, the Giants, it's going to be a tough game. Daniel Jones, he's been fine all year. He's been a really good quarterback all year. So Saquon Barkley, he looks like he's back to human form. He's been great all year. Um, just for me, the guy like in the playoffs, what what wins you games, right? Superstars, what wins you games? The guys. You need those type of superstar guys to perform. Agreed. And the Vikings have the one. The Vikings have the best one on the offensive field, and it's Justin just, Justin Jefferson. You know, and Kirk, Kirk Cousins has loved Jettas. He's saved them on countless occasions this year, and I think this is going to be the game where he saves them again. You know, I think the Vikings will come in offensively when they are on their shit. There is no team that can stop them. They get in their groove and they get going defensively. I know they're streaky at times, but like I said, Duke Shelley has been really good this year. Patrick Peterson has his moments. Zadarius Smith it's had a rejuvenated shown, season. Zadarius no Smith has shown he he can still be at an elite level. So if they can just crack down for one fucking game, just one game, which is a lot to ask from them, but if they can just crack down for one game defensively, I don't think the Giants can fuck with them because offensively they're going to score. <laughs> I truly believe John, that. What do you mean Giants can't fuck with them? If they, what are you if, talking if, if about? Both, if the offense and the no, defense. If you're saying not roster, been watching, yeah, talent-wise, talent no, yes, yes, talent yes, yes, yes. Just tell me you haven't been watching the New York football Giants. Offensive, just tell me. Offensively, the Vikings are going to score. We know that. Jettis is going to come in. By the way, boom, fantasy, seven receptions. Pump Great. that shit over because he's <laughs> going to have about 12, The last time he took that was the Packers game where he had one? No, I think the last time I took that. No, the Packers was over 100 oh, that yards, was, right? That was this. Yeah, you tried to throw the joke. It didn't work. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was curious. Well, you guys did have the bet with the Jets and Jettas, and yeah, he only had 45 yards, right? Sauce grabs a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, no. Sauce holds. Yeah, he holds a lot, you know. Never hate it had to be him. I got the Vikings, though. I'm sticking with my guy. You know what I'm saying? Skull Nation. I'm sticking with the boys. I, I think I'm going to go 24-16. I think it'll still be a close game nonetheless. I think both teams are ready to play. I think the Giants are coming in with that chip on their soldier. But I do think the Vikings have something to say. That locker room knows everybody's not picking them to win. That locker room knows Vegas, even though they gave them the minus three, people are still down in this team. That locker room knows that nobody's taking them serious as a 13-4 and four team. And that feeds them. And Kirk Cousins has to come to play. Jettis has to come to play. You see how he took the Braves out and shit. It's, it's up for them now. Did he not even feel that? Yeah, no, I peep everything because I have them on my notifications. You have his post notifications. I do. On? I have yeah, when you finish on. talking, I want to see the pick. The pick of his. Of him, the hair. I got you. Good looks. Yeah. When you finish talking, I'm finished talking. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'll uh, show you the. Listen, pick with right all now. due respect, you respect. said a lot of cute things. Respect the 13 and four Vikings. Oh, man, I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm going with the New York football they are Giants. They're the most fraudulent 13 and four team I think I've ever seen. Comedy for you. <laughs> like they're up there with the Steelers from a couple of years ago. That's what about like, the Titans? Zero and six. What does that have to do with the fucking Vikings? Comedy that you call somebody fraudulent. You know what? Listen, bro. I'm here for... Are, were the Jets <laughs> fucking 13 and 4 going? I'm here for... His hair is out. It's up for you. Swipe, swipe. Ah, nice. And it's, and it's color. You see how colory it is? Oh, shit. It's red. I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Why, why is it red? Everything changes now. What's this shirt? Just kidding. Who's on his shirt? He looks like a Lions player. That's Damar. Shout out to Damar. Oh, that was tough. Shout out to him. Just look at... He the swag. Come on. No, he's no way amazing. Now listen, I oh, to the I mean, listen. I, if you have the Giants winning, I don't have any gripe with that. I think it's going to be a very close game. Absolutely, absolutely. But I have a gripe with you thinking Daniel Jones is this all-time <laughs> franchise quarterback. Like that's ridiculous. No, I'm glad you feel that way. All right, thanks. Stay on that side. <laughs> Stay on Daniel that Jones, side. He's been solid, man. Because when DeAndre not... Hopkins comes to New York and Daniel Jones has an alpha, now we can There's actually have world. conversations. There's a world. Is he? Um, Ever going to be more than the third best quarterback in the NFC East? It'll be tough. He could definitely be better than your guys over there. 
Who's my guys over there? I'm not going to say anything else. Are you talking about... Take it as you will. You can be better than Dak or Hurts? Take it as you will. What the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? Daniel Jones. Can be better than who? Hurts? Those guys over there. Dak, I... Uh, yeah, listen, I ain't, I ain't a big Dak guy, but Hurts, I don't know. Oof, man. Yeah. Jew just spicy. loves... Fuck Dak. Drew loves under-the-radar quarterbacks that get disrespected. Because I don't get it. He's for Mitch Trubisky a He's lot. the poor man's Josh Allen. He really is. Who? Daniel Jones. What the fuck is He's that? been saying this for years, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's, a surprise. it's coming to fruition. Maybe, like... Never doubt yourself. Low, low, poor, like, homeless, bum, bum I like, no, I really, really bad. <laughs> like, Josh Allen. <laughs> That's just nuts, bro. <laughs> like, that one... Okay, I hate so, you for being that funny. One, yeah, that one was nuts. No, it's not nuts. No, it if is. you really think about it, Josh Allen... They could have similar play styles where you could not, ex- You don't have to describe them in the same sentence. That's what you have to understand. Yeah, but it's like really... Well, when like, you, when you say Daniel Jones is the poor version of this top three quarterback in the NFL, people are going to... If you just say they have similar play styles, I don't think that's they're getting ex- pushback. That's what poor man's means. I no, know, but it's but like... He's, the poor man would be like a top... 15 quarterback. That's not what it means. So, no, Brock Osweiler is a poor man's version of who? Brock Osweiler. <laughs> He's he a just, poor man's hey, version Hey, it's not about skill level. It's about starter. play style. Who's the guy that is sucks tall as fucking pocket? Just Here's the difference. Phillip Daniel Rivers, Jones is, is nice. Poor so, so Josh yeah, Allen is like Amazon and Daniel Jones is like what? No one uses UPS anymore. I mean, I bet that's a lie. But I still I use know. it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just comes you, this, this shit's still going to UPS. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, all right. So what, he's definitely a tough not comparison. UPS. Yeah, no. So what? Is, no, what is, if if Josh Allen is Walmart, then Daniel Jones is like Pat a corner Mark. store. A corner, oh. a corner store. Yeah, oh, here we go. Store. Here we go. Josh Allen's Whole Foods, and and um, Daniel Jones is Kmart. I don't know. Kmart. <laughs> Perfect. Josh Allen is um the NBA, and Daniel Jones is a Canadian league. No, y'all are disrespecting crazy. Obviously. No, it's, this is Josh no. Allen. That's just so we're... how I can best equate it to is Jokic and Sabonis. There's a significant skill. No, 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 no. That here. one's actually fine. No, This one's actually fine, too, and you will realize that sooner rather than later because you laughed. Are you calling him stupid? I'm, I'm calling <laughs> whoever's doubting this statement. I'm calling stupid. We are all doubting this statement. So then you're all stupid <laughs> because when I said the whole Sabonis and Jokic thing, poor man is like my friend Joel said very perfectly, play styles, but not as good, clearly. But when it comes to Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, I couldn't see it better. He is the poor man's Josh Allen, and he's great. Cowboys at Buccaneers, Monday Night Football. A great, great game. game. Another great one. Uh, now, a great it's bad great. game. Yes, ugly it could be very yeah. ugly. It I really very don't ugly. know which way you're going with this, Drew. Yeah, me so either. I'm curious in who you want to go <laughs> you with. Make me go first. Well, but you know That's what? Fuck Actually, shit. you'll go second. My brother. Because Dells. Here we go. I remember, talking about in the regular season, Tom Brady. We can't doubt Tom Brady in the playoffs. We can't doubt him. And all Dells would say is, like, I'm going to fucking doubt him all I want. <laughs> because sack, they're not a good team. So who's your pick? You got picking the Cowboys. Dallas. I'm picking you, Dallas. You got the Cowboys. I'm not okay. even thinking about it. Okay. Don't get me wrong. This, Like I said, I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think there could be turnovers on both sides. I think we could see a lot of punts here. The Cowboys have not been playing the best football as of recently. They barely home. They barely won at home against Gardner Minshew. They lost to Jacksonville at overtime after being up by two touchdowns at halftime. They lost to the Sam Howell-led Commanders. They scored six points. They lost 21-6. to And Dak has seven games in a row throwing an interception. Yeah. Is the highest or the, the most in the NFL 11 this season. The highest, or excuse me, the longest streak in the NFL. 
Cowboys been playing bad recently. The Bucks been playing bad all season. That's mm. the difference to me. They're constantly in close battles with the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints in their own division. They did beat the Cowboys. They went eight and nine this year with wins over Week One Cowboys. Dak got hurt. The Saints, the Falcons, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Saints again, the Cardinals, which was an overtime game against Trace McSorley, and the Panthers. Now, when they played playoff caliber teams, or maybe even teams that were like a game out, like the Steelers, for example, they lost to the Packers, who almost made the playoffs. The Chiefs, who we know is the one seed. The Steelers almost made the playoffs. The Ravens were in the playoffs. The Niners were in the playoffs. The Bengals were in the playoffs. All teams that are competitive, teams that have quarterbacks, teams that aren't led by your guy Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, whoever was starting when they played the Panthers. I was just getting ready. They've just beat up on a terrible division with head coaches that have been fired, with Dennis Allen, who's a first-time head coach. And they still went eight and nine. They barely got in. They barely they had to. They had to do a, a must-win game against Sam Darnold and the Panthers to get to this Damn. spot. And they finish eight and nine. And listen, I could easily see myself sitting in this chair this time next week and saying, "Of course, Tom Brady proves me wrong once again." I don't see it this year, though. Uh, I do think the quick, Cowboys though? will win this game, twenty-eight uh, to twenty. How many times has Thomas Brady lost wow. to the Dallas Cowboys? How many times? How many times have Dallas won when they should have won in the playoffs? <laughs> Not many. That's, but that's, this is this is a trap game. This is Tom Brady's worst team of his career. But this is also where the Cowboys should win. The expectations is they should go, and it's like something about them is just like I don't know. You no, know, Dallas. There are times when after the show, after things you say, I pull a chair to the middle of my bedroom, <laughs> sit down in darkness. <laughs> And I can't believe that these are your opinions. <laughs> this is Zach Wilson guy, by the way. <laughs> now the first game. <laughs> are you? Are you? Look? Are you? Do you have the mental imaging? No. Yeah, that's what's making me laugh, bro. I can literally see you doing it too. Like. Oh, oh shit. Oh shit. Drew mentioned it. Oh god. <laughs> Brady is 7 and 0 oh, against the Cowboys. God. The Cowboys are worse oh. on grass than turf. But Tampa Bay, that's you play that in grass. <laughs> Tom Brady is one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure this season. Dak Prescott has 11 interceptions in the last 7 games. Despite the offensive struggles, the Buccaneers defense is still amazing. I won't say amazing, but they're really good. They're solid. And to be honest, the Cowboys offensively don't threaten me. They don't strike fear into me. I think that on the ground, the Buccaneers can do a great job. I think uh, in terms of the passing game, CeeDee Lamb is their only legit option I worry about. But Carl, Carl Davis is somebody that I, I seen a couple weeks ago give Jamar Chase one of his toughest outs yet. So the Cowboys, outside of CeeDee Lamb, I don't trust the receiver and as bad as the offense for Tampa might be, you got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. Tom Brady's still the quarterback. And I will be damned if I pick against Tom Brady in the wild card round against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I've said this for the majority of the year. There was a point in time I believed in the Cowboys. But it's something about big-time games. And Dak Prescott, 
We talk about Kirk Cousins all the time, deservedly so. I'm not a big that guy, especially when it comes to these big-time, primetime games. Where I have it's something about the Cowboys in these primetime, big-time games that they just shrink. Have tough I have Tom Brady winning this one, advancing to the next round. They will beat the Cowboys seventeen to thirteen. It's a close game, ugly game. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be ugly. It is Dells and Rashad White. I have him over fifteen and a half receiving yards on Boom Fantasy. I don't got any stats behind that. I just like Rashad White. Because that's my guy. I like Rashad White a lot. Jack is cooking. Levine? Yes. Sir. So for me, I'm going with the Buccaneers. It's just no way I could bet against Tom Brady in the, in the first round of the playoffs. I, I don't care how old he is. I don't care how bad the offense is. If there's one team that can flip a switch, it's a Tom Brady-led team. Go ahead, Rivia. Oh, thank you for calling Should me be 18 and a half. Um, <clears throat> this is... Sad thing about being an Eagles fan, and actually the beauty of being an Eagles fan is watching the Dallas Cowboys downfall every single year. And one thing I know is when there is pressure, when there is expectations, Dallas sees it and they say we are going to do the opposite of expectations and we are going to lose. But Tampa has been pretty much bad all year. You know, they haven't been the same Tampa Buccaneers we're used to seeing as of recent years. Dallas, for the most part of this year, has been a really, really good team. You know, they have their up and downs, but defensively, they have a solid group. Offensively, CeeDee Lamb has come alive. He is a true number one. Tony Pollard has emerged as that. Well, he's been emerged, but now he's really asserted himself as that guy. So, realistically, Dallas has a game changer in Mike, Michael Parsons, has a number one receiver, has a solid game-managing quarterback in Dak Prescott, has Tony Pollard. He's has better than Tri- a game manager, uh, well, man. You know what I mean. Has Trevon Diggs. So they have High the guys. The yeah, they have the guys who you think you would think this should be a, a win for Dallas. But like you said, man, there's something about Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. It's hard to bet against, even though he's old as fuck, even though he hasn't played well, it's hard to get bet against Tom Brady. Because looking at Tampa, they still have Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin. They still have Tom Brady. They still have guys that can flip a switch and get the win. For me, I'm taking the upset also. I am taking Tampa Bay. I do think this is an ugly, ugly-ass game, and it will come down to the fourth quarter, who can make the last drive. And if th- that's the outcome, which I think would be, I will 10 times out of 10, no matter what year, whether Tom Brady is 70 years old or 30 years old, I will take him over Dak to lead a game-winning drive. So I got the score being 20-13 to 13, Tampa Bay. So I sat here and wanted to go last to really come up with an answer. Because this by far to me was the hardest matchup to choose from. Because there's two both sides here that I that I like. That's obvious. Tom Brady. Going against the Cowboys. He's never lost to them. That's that is the reason why I can see myself leaning with the Buccaneers. Now for the Cowboys. Heartstrings. <laughs> I love Ezekiel Elliott. Heartstrings. That was his first reason. I fuck with the Cowboys. I can't say I don't. I do. It was a Cowboys and Giants truther. Gross. But the thing that I have difficulty sitting with when it comes to evaluating Tampa Bay and and, and the Cowboys is this disdain against Dak Prescott. And yes, he's turned over the ball a bunch over these last few weeks. No doubt about it. To be one of the league leaders in interception. Was he the league leader actually missing games? In interceptions, something like that? I don't know if he was one, but he was up there. So, 
to be in that that realm and to miss games is not ideal. But Dak has had to shoulder a ridiculous amount of this offense and team success due in part to the lack of defense that the Cowboys have had over these last couple of weeks. It's been a lot of Dak trying to shoulder uh, uh, just basically the entire team. But it has had to do in part with also him turning the ball over. What's going on, bud? He farted. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> no, I didn't. He got up and farted again. Oh, bro. He, did, he did one of the... Yeah, he did. It did look at you me. Look directly at right, me, Right bro. when he puts his hands yeah. up, it's You don't over. think Dell's going to notice it, bro? I bro, you looked right at me. I knew you farted. You made the noise, and you looked directly at me, bro. I, I knew something was off when Riv was just... He was moving around too much, and I was like, I got I to gotta see what's up. Guy come on, nuts, man. bro. It was a loud... I don't know how you hear that They don't be smelling either. They don't. No, I don't smell it. But I do think Dak will have a good game. (laughs) My boom fantasy lock for this game is Dak Prescott over one and a half touchdowns. In order for them to be in this game, Dak Prescott needs to be the Dak Prescott that the Dallas Cowboys paid him to be. This, This Buccaneers secondary is solid. It's one of the better in the league. For once, their rush defense hasn't been up to par. It's been their secondary really holding down the fort. And I think that Dak needs to come to play. But I just find it hard to pick against Tom Brady. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I think the Dallas Cowboys are the better team. I firmly do believe that. Yeah, they are. But I just can't, in this situation, pick against Tom Brady because you mentioned it. Against mid-level teams, they've been able to clutch out victories. Uh, the one that sticks out to me mostly is that Panthers game. They were down two scores, and they were able to come back and win the game, put up 20 points in a blink of an eye, because that's just what a Tom Brady-led offense can do. Ultimately, I am choosing the Buccaneers, and this is probably the hardest matchup by far that I've had to choose in a long time, where I do I do think the Cowboys are the better roster, ultimately... Like I think Tom Brady is just too. I like too, it. I like being. I like being solo on this, mind. man. I it's, like it. It's very hypocritical of Dallas to talk about the Buccaneers' cakewalk of a schedule when you picked the Jags over the Chargers and mentioned all the cakewalk games the Jags I was had say, to the get Jags into the playoffs. The, the Jags, bro. the Jags have been you're playing. You're picking Trevor Lawrence over Herbert. The Jags have been playing better football than the Bucks. And you're picking Dak Prescott over Tom Brady. I'm picking the Cowboys over Buccaneers. Uh, who are the quarterbacks that lead those those teams? Uh, it is Tom Brady and Dak Prescott. I had to think about it. Ah, okay, okay. Listen, you're a Tom Brady hater, no doubt. For sure. I love Tom. Un- undoubtedly. I love Tom. As Rick would say. I love Tom Brady. I know, you're you're sick. And he's going to clutch out this win, baby. One shot, man. He is. He's done it to me my whole life. Chris Bass donated $4.99. If the Falcons had a quarterback, this is us versus Dallas. Shout out to Atlanta for beating the two win I'm allegations <laughs> y'all put on them. Are, fi- are Atlanta fans happy they won s- what, six games, six and 11? Something right? like that. Are, are they happy? Maybe it's just me being a Jets fan and like however many years we're rebuilding, I just hope for like number one overall pick. When I'm like in, in Atlanta or whoever fan that's like kind of mended to make the playoffs, like are you happy that you beat the two win allegations now you're picking at nine instead of top three? That's how I always felt about the Broncos. If we're going to be bad, be bad. It's terrible. Be bad. Yeah. I don't want you. I mean, Ritter showed some flashes, but enough to like go into next year with him being your no doubt about it QB one. Yeah, I don't he think did I've seen look that. Kind of good. <laughs> He's progressed for yeah. sure, but they didn't give him a lot of time to like. I wish he played for ten games, not yeah. you know four or five. So 
NFC wild card predictions. First game we're going to pick Seahawks versus 49ers. Going with the Niners. Should be an easy one. Across the board, 49ers. Everybody's going with Niners. Giants at Vikings. Upset of the week. I'm going with my G-men. Skull. I'm- are you gonna go? Uh, I'm Dead going silence. <laughs> well, I thought he was gonna go because I thought it was gonna be Giants. Giants. Yeah, skull, both skull. just smiling at each other. <laughs> I'm going with the Giants as well. Close game, twenty-seven to twenty-six. Listen, I don't know if the Giants are really favorites because I mean, I don't, I don't know if the Giants are really underdogs because I feel like everybody is picking against Minnesota. I think the Vikings know that. I think the Vikings get this win. They're thirteen and four for a reason. Eleven wins. In one-score games, Kirk Cousins is clutch, yo. He's clutch. I said it before. He's clutch. 11 game-winning drives, 11 fourth-quarter comebacks. Kirk Cousins is him. Wish I could just go into your mouth and take that word out. Cowboys at Buccaneers. <laughs> oh um, Cowboys versus Buccaneers. You see, everyone's making this out to be Tom Brady. What's y'all going crazy about? Everyone's making this out to be Tom Brady versus the Cowboys. Tom Brady. No, it's 11 on 11 football team versus team. Todd Bowles has not been a good coach. He hasn't. What's Mike McCarthy? He hasn't. He's better than Todd Bowles at the minimum. Barely. What happened to uh, uh, Leftwich? I thought he was going to be the next great hot OC that turns into a head coach. Nobody wants him now. Man. I'm going with Tom Brady. Bucks no. upset. Dallas Cowboys, they're due. They need a playoff win. Dak needs to prove his contract. They win 28-20. to 20. No part about me feels good picking Tampa Bay. I don't feel good, but I'm doing it. What about you, Riff? Oh, I said uh, Bucks. And it fell over. so crazy. You said bro, you, you said you want to go, go into his You've mouth. You've been bugging today, and take you, his and take the word out, bro. You, you've been today's been oof, you've been a one today. Now before we it's get on to NFL awards, you. this is William with a smiley face. Ten dollar donation. William. What do y'all think Aaron is going to do this upcoming season? He was saying at the beginning of the season that if the rookies developed, it would make the decision easier to come back. Wait, Aaron said that. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know if he said that or not. Aaron also not being present for the Tuesday Pat McAfee show was shocking. What if Aaron was around for OTAs all the time and he, you know, flew some guys out to have, you know, catching drills together, you know, pitching. Like, why couldn't Aaron put some stuff together before the season to gain some connection with these guys and didn't bash them in the preseason, early in the regular season for drops and all these miscues? You have to blame Aaron Rodgers a little bit for this. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback that is one of the greatest to ever play the game. And if he does indeed keep on playing football, I want him to play for a team that has a shot to win a Super Bowl legitimately. The Packers have too many holes on the roster. So I would like for him to get traded somewhere and allow Jordan Love to shine. (laughs) That's the real reason why he wants him traded. Now, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I kind of feel like he's leaning towards retiring. I really do. I, I think that he's kind of done with the whole... Everything around football, not so much football, but just everything around Everything's all, like, prickly with him. Yeah, I think he's kind of done with all that stuff. And, listen, I I think Jordan Love needs to play, man. Jordan Love needs to play. To find out whether he's he's not good or not. Or not good or good. To showcase how good he is. Okay. I think he leans towards retirement, too. He has a no-trade clause, I believe. I'm almost certain, actually. So, wherever he goes, he could decide. It's maybe tough. maybe it's that the Jets fire LaFleur, you know, maybe the Jets yeah. know he doesn't want to come where his brother was with Matt LaFleur and Mike LaFleur. Maybe that's yeah. why the Jets move on because again, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. Did you do this on purpose? What? Seven, eight, nine, ten. What are you talking about? Geno Smith, seven. Kirk Cousins, eight. 
Joe Burrow nine, just number ten, or is that just coincidence? That's just coincidence. If it was in order, then it'd be fucking fishy. spooky. Goodness, no, I didn't do that. No, we had a chance too. Damn, because the NFC and the AFC folded. Divisional round is going to be very intriguing. Oh my next god, week our picks. I, I do. Oh yeah, no, it's going to be tough. Really, the, like some of the this next month of football is just some of the best. It's going to be tough, but I do feel confident in who I'm going to select. Oh, so the playoffs. Our NFL awards, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Yes, sir. This could get boring. I, I, guess, I think this yeah. could get boring, too, yeah, I'll be honest. You know, I'm, I'm just going to give all my picks right, right away. Go ahead. Oh, you know, we're not going. MVP. I know, I know. This guy likes to be particular. MVP. Uh, I don't say anything. Uh, never no, just easy. Just let him do him. Never easy. Patch Mahomes going with the MVP. I think yep. that's pretty easy. Lucky got hurt. That was, got my, hurt. Uh, that was my hot take of week one, my overreaction. Mahomes wins MVP. Oh, so hot. He won MVP. Oh, my God. So I can't believe you predicted that. Offensive <laughs> player of the year. I got Justin Jefferson. Oh, God bless you. God Thank bless you. you. And Justin Jefferson, I betted on him before the season to hey, win Offensive hey, Player of the Year, hey. and it's going to cash out because I think he will win that stick award. Stick to FanDuel and not it. betting with us. You'll win Stick some to cash. Boom Fantasy, man. Boom Fantasy. What am stick I saying? You're a fan. Bro folded. Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa. I got him. It was hard between him and Micah, but I think Nick Bosa has deserved this. Offense Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson. You know, 1,100 yards, four touchdowns with you know, three quarterbacks that were terrible this year. So that's why he's my de- offensive rookie of the year. Defense rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner. I think he has to be the, the pick here, you know, for me undoubtedly. Comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. 4,000 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 INTs. People was doubting Talk him about at the, the table. percentage. 70%. Yeah. I still don't know if he's and a I, and, now, and now listen. Could be a you know, last show, Dell's. Made some made some uh, comments that were false information. Yo, I'm glad that he's been like it's a you well, and what's him the, what's rivalry. The issue? And Yo, like I'm glad that you know, this Joel's come onto the show. I've been skated. You know, this is the thing. This is the thing, Dells, is that I don't like misinformation on the internet, on the podcast, on shows, on networks. I don't like misinformation. So when my co-host gives out information, it's my responsibility to, to check you. Okay. And you know, he said that Geno Smith fell off in the second half of the season. But, but that's somebody looking at the wins and losses. But Geno Smith in the second half of the season, 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 66 completion percentage, 260 yards per game, and a 96 passer rating. I guess it wasn't his oh, yeah. 110 passer rating, right? Solid. But Geno Smith good. was still a great quarterback no, for in the sure. second the half fir- of the, the season. The first half eight games, though, he was like he was like 71% completion percentage. Yeah, his touch so he, he went right from about. a top six quarterback to a top ten quarterback. Statistically well, all I said was he fell off, which he did. I didn't say he became bad. You said he was mid. I still don't believe in him long term. So Geno Show Smith, me. man, he deserves this. I, I love Geno Smith, you know, former Jet he's, quarterback he's succeeding. false information on me. That's I false information. That. What I said was true. Coach of the year. I don't like to hear the truth sometimes, man. Kyle Shanahan. That trait, yeah. 13 and 4 has dealt with three different quarterbacks. I know, listen, Brian Dable has done a lot of great things. He deserves credit. But I think Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the, in the NFL right now. Like, uh, especially when we talk about offense, him and Andy Reid, you know, they're in a the class of their own. But Kyle Shanahan, my goodness. Yeah, I think he's coach of the year. I have basically this. I think everyone's the same. Mahomes for MVP, Jetta's offensive player, Bosa defensive player, Garrett for rookie of the year, Sauce defensive rookie of the year, Geno comeback, coach of the year. I have Shanahan too. I know a couple of weeks when we did our bracket, I did have Sirianni, but these last couple of weeks, the 
first time anything goes wrong for the Eagles all season. Obviously, quarterback goes down, but back-to-back L's. I think that's a big knock on his record for coach of the year, especially when there's not this, like, three, four-game difference in wins like it was earlier in the season, especially when the Eagles, you know, started off 11-12-0, whatever it was. Um, now it's, it's back-to-back. I think their Eagles have one game on them, I want to say. They end up getting the one seed. But just by the skin of their teeth with Jalen Hurts coming back, playing injured week 18, getting that W against the Giants. So I have basically the same, all the same guys you have. I do think if there's anyone for number two coach of the year, I would give it to even Dable over Sirianni for just how much. I said the last episode, this is the biggest overachieving roster I have ever seen in my life. No doubt. Credit to Dable. Credit to the progression of Daniel Jones in this team. But I did give I did give it to Shanahan because Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. He comes in and he's been nothing short of spectacular for this offense. You know I love that take for you because people tried to accuse you of just saying anything. Oh, <laughs> that's why I love that take for Silly you. Silly fucking rabbits. Um, but here we go. My NFL awards because Brock Purdy is indeed handsome and amazing. Most valuable player, Mahomes. Offensive player of the, uh, the century, Jettas. <laughs> Defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. Defensive. Not Brock rookie. Purdy. Nah, nah, unfortunately, I couldn't give it to He was getting boy. some love. He, if he, if he, he would have played all year. He up to like third or fourth. If he would have played all year, I would have given it And if KP would have made the playoffs, I know he would have gotten some votes. Yeah. Defensive rookie of the year, sauce. Uh, comeback player of the year, Gino. And I actually gave coach of the year to Brian Dable because of a lot of things. I respect said. that. He sure. overachieved. And I know Shanahan, you know, he's one of the best coaches in the league. He gets a new quarterback. He still does his thing. But Brian Dable with basically no offensive weapons, you know, dealing with a lot of injuries on the team. Able to crawl this team to the playoffs. So I have Absolutely. to give credit for that. So I have Brian Dable as my coach of the year. All right. So if you guys heard any of these names before, I apologize. I'm just going off the facts. MVP, Patrick Mahomes. We're going to skip over that. <laughs> I was sick about that. I think <laughs> hurts. Yeah. If, listen, facts. Hurts doesn't get hurt. That's MVP. Uh, offensive player of the year, Jed is spectacularly in the league in yards. He was just phenomenal. 1,800. He's, he's a savage. Best receiver in the league. Defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Micah Parsons folded. This would this was his award for the taking. He fell off. Nick Bosa just continued to be dominant. And, of course, he's a part of the best defense in the league and due part to his play. That's the that's the defensive player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, Kenneth, William, uh, Kenneth Walker definitely deserves acknowledgement. However, it's got to be Garrett Wilson to go through the, the, the carousel of quarterbacks and to still put up over 1,000 receiving. Garrett Wilson is a true future superstar. I firmly believe that. He is amazing. Defensive Rookie of the Year. This was closer than I think a lot of people want to admit. I think the the Defensive Rookie of the Year is Sauce Gardner. I do want to give respect to Tariq Woolen. He did give up less yards in coverage than Sauce Gardner. However, he did give up two more touchdowns than Sauce. It was one of the closest... Defensive rookie of the year races at the cornerback position we've seen in, in a long time. Back the corner and I would, it's huge. Oh, no doubt. And I would have loved to listen. If you give Co, hey, I wouldn't have been upset, but Sauce definitely deserves it. He was phenomenal all season long. My comeback player of the year, it's going to be Geno Smith for the fact that he was not supposed to do any of this. I want to give acknowledgement to Saquon Barkley for going under 600 rushing to over 1,300 rushing, double-digit touchdowns, going from 3.7 to carry to going to 4.4. I mean, it's a true testament to his grind. Of course, we can give credit to my coach of the year, Brian Dabble, of course. Dable. Dable, excuse me. But Saquon Barkley is truly one of the best talents in this league, and I'm happy to see him having success again because a lot of people counted him out, and for him to come back the way that he did is truly a testament to him and his work ethic. And again, like I mentioned, my coach of the year, 
Brian Dable. You said it so perfectly, Joel. There has never been a roster that has overachieved as much as the New York football giants. The Bengals overachieved last year, but they had significantly more talent on paper than this New York football giants. What do you think was worse? Um, what was that, 2020 Eagles or this Giants team? Um, you're saying with Wentz? The one where he threw 4K, the bad one. The where, bad he, one. where he got hurt in the playoff game? Yes. Then? You had things you excelled at. Your offensive line was still yeah, unbelievable. Facts. You had no wide receivers, but you yeah, did yeah, have Ertz. Zach Ertz. Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz, whatever you want to say. I mean, that's... No, I'm just asking them. Similar The defense was solid. They both were dog shit rosters. Yeah, your defense was not the best. I think the coaches overachieved to a degree. But at least the... I mean, the Eagles had a dominant unit in the O-line. The Giants... And it was a good game. Y'all lost to the Seahawks, right? Yeah, we lost by like six points. We we missed a lot of field goals. I mean, a lot of touchdowns. We uh-huh. Josh McCoon. Because I remember DK putting y'all to bed with that big pass over the Josh middle McCown, of the field. Josh McCown, he was a teacher the year before. Starting the playoff game. <laughs> That's life. Has a team ever won, had players that won offense rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year? I have no idea. I don't. I mean, Yo, I don't chat, let us know. Let us that know could be true. the first time for the or Jets. Or John. Though. And honestly, we had two offensive players here because if Brees would have stayed healthy, I don't know if you guys saw it. They asked Garrett Wilson. They said if, if Brees would have stayed healthy, would he would have won offensive rookie of the year? And Brees said, he said, oh, yeah, without a doubt, yeah, he would have won. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> that's fact. You see where he ended up on the rookie. Uh, yeah, was leading fifth, lead. yeah. He was like, y'all see where I'm at. And I ain't played all season. <laughs> I said, that's facts, bro. Yeah. You're Good amazing. news, though. He's, he's expected to be back starting training camp. So, oh, excited. that is amazing. Congrats. So, big time news. Black Monday is the day where coaches get fired left and right. And the Houston Texans pulled the trigger first. They fired Lovey Smith after a 3-13-1 season. I, I think just a questionable hire in the first place. They nice. could have kept Dave Cully, who had this team play playing some inspired football. And Lovey Smith didn't even complete the job. You know, they got the second overall pick, not even the first overall pick. No respect. So the Texans so far have requested to interview all these coaches. Eagles defense coordinator Jonathan Gannon, Eagles offense coordinator Shane Steichen. He's gone. Lions OC Ben Johnson, 49ers DC D'Amico Ryans, Broncos DC Ajiro Rivero, and Giants OC Mike Kafka. There's another guy we're supposed to lose. I, I forgot his name. Um, I think he's the defensive coordinator or something like that. Jonathan Gannon. No, then the offense. It was, it, we were supposed to lose two coaches this offseason. I just forgot the other guy's name. I just so name. what do you think about the Texans and firing Lovey Smith and the options they had moving it forward? It seemed as if at the beginning of this, uh, well, at, in this offseason, this past offseason, it seemed as if they didn't want to bring Lovey Smith in. But, you know, they ultimately ended up, there was a lot of scrutiny going on in, in, in the, the coaching field, everything going on with Brian Flores. I think, from what I remember, they wanted to bring in McCown to be their head coach, but then decided last minute to give the gig to Lovey Smith, all to fire him after one season. It's really a smack in the face and disrespectful to Lovey Smith, if you ask me. Um, but again, you're, you're 100% right. The Houston Texans were not good on any level, truthfully, at, outside of their secondary. Their secondary was very good this year. Um, but... This team ultimately has a ton of holes, and and to pinpoint it on just Lovey Smith is really unfair. But if you want to bring in a different coach and you want to change the the scheme and have a, a new a new culture, uh, I'm I'm okay with it. But let's make a good hire, truthfully, because you wasted a season. You did, and we said this last season. It felt like a really weird hire. This Texans team didn't really have any direction last season. It kind of still in the same boat where it doesn't really feel like 
they have any direction this season. But on the good news for the Texans, they do have two first-round picks. Yep. You have the number two overall pick. You do have the first-round pick from the Browns, which is top 15, top 10 at, at the absolute worst. Um, I do think moving on from Lovey Smith, while it's disrespectful because he probably shouldn't have been the hire in the first place when they made that decision – it didn't feel like he is the long-term head coach for this organization. It just felt like He's a your hands are tied. Hire somebody. Oh, Lovey Smith, come, come and, a and be the coach. You're yes. a placeholder. So it was disrespectful in terms of you never really – this guy never had a chance because his Texans roster was depleted of talent. And I'm happy they got the number two overall pick. I'm happy they won that last game. So he screwed over this organization. That screwed him over. Um, I think this Texans team obviously has a lot of work. Pep Hamilton is someone I know the Jets are interested in for the OC job, which we might talk about later. This whole, obviously, coaching staff is probably going to get shaken up when you bring in a new head coach. Um, so you can see someone like Pep, who has had success in the past for sure, um, get an opportunity elsewhere. But I do think going with maybe a younger offensive-minded guy, the number two overall pick, in my opinion, should be a quarterback. Uh, we'll see what happens at number one if the Bears stay or trade it. But regardless of if Bryce Young's there, Stroud, whoever you want, I think it's time. We know, we know, bless you. Thank you. We know uh, Davis Mills isn't the franchise guy. We know it's time to move on from him. Um, I understand if you really want to take another year to really try to get Caleb Williams or maybe possibly Jake Drake May in 2024. I get that. Um, but I think taking a quarterback at number two, offensive mind, young guy, take you have the first round pick, like I mentioned, take a receiver, get someone opposite of Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins there. I mean, maybe you could get something going on the offensive Brandon side. Cook's saying he wants out. Yeah, he That's said that. That's true. That is true. Brandon Cooks is, now I'm thinking about it most likely, so yeah, he's it, close it was, to 30. It was three coaches. You said Shane Stetchen? Stiken. Mm-hmm. And Brian Johnson was the quarterback coach. He is a dark horse to possibly leave, too. We are fucked. Yeah, for sure. Yo, what the fuck? Your stats right. Well, that's what happens when hey, you have... When Sirianni is supposed to be this genius offensively. Like losing Gannon is tough. Yeah, no, and losing Steichen, who really has been huge in Jalen Hurts' progression. They both got interviews requests from the te- Texans. Steichen's one of those guys that if if we strike out on Champagne and, and Jim Harbaugh, I would love him to take There's over. There's a lot of good young OCs Sh- coming out. Got, ben Johnson uh, from Shane got an interview request from Detroit. the Colts, Texans, and the Panthers. Nice. Uh, Gannon is just the I was going to say, we're interviewing a ton of guys. I mean, I Lovey Smith was a placeholder. They wanted, from my understanding, Josh McCown mm-hmm. to be the head coach, but they couldn't. Are they interviewing him? I, I don't know. It, no, they haven't last interviewed season. him yet. Last, no, last year. Yeah, back. Yeah. Last season, I, I definitely feel like there was a, a feeling that they wanted Josh McCown. Lovey Smith didn't have the roster to compete. The Texans are set up for the future, though. They have a lot of draft picks. They have draft capital. They but do. that second pick, they can draft a quarterback. And D'Amico Ryans, if they can have him as a head coach, who used to play in Houston as a linebacker, was a pro bowler. I would love that for them. But all these guys they've interviewed so far, I think have been A-plus guys that you want for the most part. Next team that fired their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. And their GM, Steve Keim, is also stepping down. He finishes with a record of 28-37-1. And And this is interesting because I think Arizona is a fascinating and intriguing team situation they have just requested to interview sean payton Mm. there was a clip that surfaced about sean payton talking about Kyler pre-draft and raving about his film how could you not he's great i I think that the best possible spot for sean payton is not the broncos i think it's the arizona cardinals i think it's with Kyler murray Get Kyler Murray breathe. a coach for the first time who knows what he's doing offensively. I don't know. I struggle with that one. I struggle. Who knows what he's doing. D-Hop's gone. Kyler is, I mean, Kyler's been with Cliff Kingsbury. You know, you have Sean Payne in there. I think it changes a lot of things. Now, 
I don't disagree with that. Of course, Kyler Murray and Sean Payton, that gets scary. That being said, I feel like things are a little bit more set in stone in Denver. When now Sean Payton comes in, and now there's more control over, let me not say control. The word I'm looking for is organization, where Sean Payton comes in and understands the system that's going to be put into place because there are constants that will be there next season. Russell Wilson will be there week one. Kyler Murray, we don't know if he'll be there week Probably one, unfortunately. Be. You have yeah, Corlin's yeah. son, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, who has ascended this season. There is, belief, there is faith that he can be our wide receiver one. Javante Williams coming back. Us having probably won't the have the first round pick if we do trade for Sean Payton. We'll probably lose that Niners pick that we've received from the Dolphins, which I won't be upset about because it's all about making sure the guy that we did trade all our future for <coughs> is in the best position possible. And you do so by bringing in Sean Payton. And I believe he will maximize more than any other team, the Denver Broncos. I agree. I think Payton, if he wants to win, Denver is definitely top two, top three spot to go to. I think Arizona, if he wants to kind of rebuild his own thing, kind of make his own, you know, his own palace. It's like a, Arizona's, yeah. but the reports are Kyler Murray has a say in the coach that they do get. Well, she should. And Kyler Murray, you know, as interesting as he is, you know, one of the most talented quarterback, young quarterbacks in the league, he's still very immature, still very not up there in terms of IQ. And bringing in a coach that helps him fix that, helps him become a more ready NFL quarterback uh, mm-hmm. would be huge. And I think Sean Payton would be one of those guys definitely who can definitely fix Kyler Murray's errors. And I think you need to definitely, like for Arizona, firing Cliffs Kingsbury is solid, you know, because now you could bring in somebody else. But you need to find a way to, quote-unquote, fix Kyler Murray. Like you need to basically Make him max, more of a leader. Yeah, maximize. He may, he may not have to be a leader. Yeah, the coach fair. can be the leader. But you have to maximize sure. Kyler Murray's ability. So I think, you know, Sean Payton would be a good one. But they, uh, Arizona is an interesting spot because D Hop is also gone. You know, he's somebody who's gone. Uh, Hollywood Brown, he showed, he had a good oh, year yeah. last year. He was he was on pace to have a career. Yeah. yeah. So and the, the Arizona showed promise throughout the season. They showed that they can win some good games. So this is a team that's very fascinating in terms of having a quarterback set in stone, very young, somebody who you can still fix, build on, and then bringing in a whole new roster because JJ Watt he retired, D Hop he's gone. So a lot of the older guys are kind of stepping out of their way. The thing about Sean Payne is that. You go to Denver, the GM's in place. Uh, you might not be able to bring in the staff you want because he wants Vic Fangio as DC. That's true. And, you know, that Broncos thing, Vic Fangio didn't end very well. In Arizona, they're going to get a new GM. Probably going to be an in-house hire. I'm assuming it's Adrian Wilson, who was a great player for Arizona for years. So Sean Payne is going to now come into a situation where the GM and him are aligned. They see eye to eye. It, George Pan and him, you know, who knows? You know, who knows that, what that relationship is? You can bring Vic Fangio as your D.C. And the system in place in Arizona right now is not much different than what Vic Fangio has been coaching. Vance Joseph coaches a similar defense. I, I like Arizona a lot for, for Sean Pan and for Kyler Murray's career. You know, finally uh, pairing him up with a quarter. For real quick, shout out, John. The last uh, duos who won Rookie of the Year was... Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore. So it has been done before. Alvin. That was like 50 years. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That must have been like, what, four or five years ago? 2017, yeah. So now the next team on this list. Um, fuck, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> oh, you didn't talk about, <laughs> you know, talk about oh, I want, I want to talk just a little bit. Yeah, because speak? I didn't know. Oh, we shit. went all the way around, and then Joel talked twice. Oh, bad, um, no problem, though, bro. No problem. Um, speak your mind. It was weird last season when Cliff oh. got that extension. Fuck. Come uh, on, bro. <laughs> when Cliff got that extension last year, it felt weird because they made the playoffs. They got improved. They improved year to year. But then in the playoff game, they absolutely stunk it up. 
And now Arizona's in this weird spot where they've paid their quarterback, but they're kind of rebuilding because Watt retired. DeAndre Hopkins is likely going to get traded. There's still holes really on a lot of offensive and defensive side of the ball where Sean Payton's going to have to come in in year one. It's kind of just you throw the year away because Kyler Murray's not going to be ready week one. They They're going to – Wilson. Huh? What? They could trade for Zach Wilson. Oh okay, God. they could. <laughs> I don't think they're going to trade for Zach Wilson. But, I mean, Kyler tore his ACL, what, week 13, 14 in the season? He's not going to be ready week one. You pay this guy, you pay this guy $100 millions of dollars. You're going to take your time with him. There's a good chance he's not ready till week four, five, six. Who knows, week 10 of the season if you really want to be cautious with him. So I don't know if Sean Payton wants to go there where he has to throw away year one. On the other hand, with Denver, it's going to be harder if he really wants Vic Fangio. And while I think, especially to close the year, Russell Wilson played really well. He completely turned around, especially towards that, you know, really the entire season. He turned it around, which I think you should be very thankful for for a Broncos fan because when you're looking at someone like Sean Payton, he wants to be able to say, I don't have to come in and completely you know, throw everything away and rebuild everything. At least you've seen some success in this system with Russell Wilson that could kind of work out. It's going to be intriguing. I was definitely wrong with the whole, you're not going to trade a first-round pick for Sean Payton. Whoever ends up getting him is going to have to trade a first-round pick. Um, it's just really a matter of, does Sean Payton want to coach one of these teams? Does he want to go and coach Arizona without Kyler Murray year one? Does he want to coach the Broncos where there's not as much flexibility with the roster because of all the money you're, you're uh, you know, paying Russell Wilson? So I think it's it's going to come down to a matter of where Sean Payton wants to coach, if he wants to coach at all, or if he takes another year off and hopes next season there's a better spot for him. I think George Patton made one mistake, and then we can move on. George Patton's one mistake was bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. We saw how limited he made this offense because he leaves immediately. We start putting points on the board. Now, you bring in Sean Payne, one of the best offensive minds this game's ever seen. Things change. And, of course, we've heard this tune before, and when I talk about the Broncos, people think that obviously I'm biased, but I— I mean, when it comes to Sean Payton, there's really no being biased. He comes in, we see, we see the progression in Judy. We see Russ and what he was what he was capable of without Nathaniel Hackett calling plays. I'm excited for what this team has if if Sean Payton does come to coach our roster. But in general, next season, I'm excited to watch the Denver Broncos with whoever's taking over at the helm because anything's better than Nathaniel Hackett, truthfully. Most limited star, Jalen Brown, has 36 and 11. He has zero assists. 13. Oh, he's got 11 rebounds. He has zero assists. Are you hey, serious? What the fuck, so, bro? like, yo, you're, you're such. Are you <laughs> dead ass? He's got 11 rebounds. Are you dead ass? So I say he's. He can't play, Mick. He can't. I said he's a limited wing. He's a great scorer. And you're telling me about his points. He's, he's got two, two. He's got two turnovers. He's got eleven he's rebounds. Zero what? Two he's got turnovers. Eleven two, rebounds. Two, two turnovers of what? Eleven rebounds. Two turnovers of what? Thirty-six. Eleven. Two turnovers, two turnovers is what? not bad. He has zero assists. So what? He's getting his buckets. He had eighteen I said he's in the a good, third. I said he's a high-level nah, scorer. Bro, I'm really sick and tired of you when it comes to you're Jaylen just disrespectful. Brown. That's where you are. He's what talking. Is he, what has he done to earn my respect? You're disrespectful. What has he done to earn my respect? His average in his performance. His performance in the playoffs last year. It was. It was good. Good? It was yeah. great. It was, it was rivaling yeah, I mean, JT basically the whole JT. the whole time. Oh, uh, Jason Taylor. The Jays, I'm so bro. sorry. I, I blanked for a second. He averaged 22 in the final series. It's okay. That's good. Yeah, really it's good. It's okay. He's yeah, still, a, he's still limited. He's a high-level scorer. That's it. Is he not? You're just sick, bro. What else can he do? You wish he was sick. on the Wizards. Yeah, well, he's 11 rebounds tonight. That's not bad. He's he's a good rebounder. Uh, okay. He can, do, he can defend when he locks in. He's not. Wait, say that again. When he what? When, when he, he locks in, he's oh, been a so good he, defender. No, no, he's no, been yeah, a good. Spurs, he's he been did, a good he, defender basically his whole career. This year, he's consistently. He's been right now. Right now, but this year he's been more of a scorer. So the defense there, they, that chart off. that you that uh that defensive chart that was on. I don't know what you're saying. There was a defensive chart that was showing uh just just how good of a defender he is. He's still uh, one of the top defenders at his position. 
I don't know about that because he doesn't even guard the best players anymore. It's true. Listen, hey, I'm going off what the I'm statistics just saying he's say. He's one of the most limited star wings. A lot of star wings are versatile. He's not versatile. That's a fact. Because he can't play make. It's not essential. He can't play late. For his he team, it's not essential. His off ball defense is literally one of the worst for in his, the league. For his team, where he's fit right yeah, now, he's it's not at essential. What he does. He's, he's a high level scorer. He's going to drop 40. Good. Against yeah. the, <laughs> Zion playing? The Pels. Is BI playing? Uh, no, but they almost beat the Nets a couple nights ago. I can't say nothing about yeah, that. You can't. You did lose OKC. You almost beat them. Okay. I think the Nets won comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> it was competitive basically the I think whole it was competitive game. to like the, the fourth. fourth. Yeah, yeah, the fourth. Then but Katie we're, up, we're up like 12 right now or something. Kyle Kuzma might have just hit a game winner on you guys. He did, didn't he? <laughs> no. Oh, I need this go to overtime, bro. My best going to flop. <laughs> so speaking about the Broncos, they fired Nathaniel Hackett. You guys finished 5-12 and 12 on the season. You have interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Um, Ijero Vero mm-hmm. and requested to interview Zach Sean Payton and then Kuzma hit that shot. Dan Quinn, D'Amico Ryan's, and Raheem Morris, and the favorite right now to coach the Broncos is Dan Quinn. But Which obviously you want Sean Payton. But nuts. Dan Quinn is up there as a guy that might coach the Broncos. I know I did see that, and uh, truthfully, I don't need a defensive mind. The only benefit to Dan Quinn coming in would that be, of course, he would bring a star-studded cast with him, supporting cast, offensive coordinator. And, of course, Dan Quinn wow. is a solid defensive guy, and our defense is great, and that would just hone in that defense that we have. But I want an offensive guy because I want someone to really maximize what we have. And Zach Levine really just did some dumb shit, bro. What did he do? Bro dribbled into the elbow and took a mid-range jump shot down three. He'd be dumb. He, he just... Stop it, man. We were just praising him all night. Nah, that was some dumb shit, bro. I don't care, man. Kick just... it out to Vucevic. I need his points. He had 15. 15 points. At 10. But you needed the points. Well, Zach, I needed both. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get either. What a screw. You should have bet on Zach. Now, now listen, the Broncos, Dan Quinn, you know, I'm not totally opposed to that. I'm not either. But, I, but obviously, you want an offensive mind here. Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payne. Yes. I like Harbaugh a lot. I do. But I, I do ha- I have a feeling that Harbaugh kind of feels like the second option here behind Payne. Absolutely. And he's not the biggest fan of that, I don't think. He's a you me know, guy. I I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. You know I wouldn't want to get the job just because your first option he needs wasn't to, able to get right. get the job. We can all sit here. You and I can have this conversation. Sean Payton has a, a way better resume and has way better credentials than Jim Harbaugh does in the NFL. Jim Harbaugh deserves his flowers for his limited time in San Fran. He's what he was able to do was amazing. Absolutely. You know he's amazing. He's amazing. But Sean Payton is one of the all time great coaches. Offensive minds at the minimum. So I'm sorry. There's just a there's just a little bit of a difference. Uh, there's just a little bit of a, a gap in between the two, and that's not a slight to Jim Harbaugh because what he's accomplished as a coach is amazing. But there's just levels. Now the last two teams that have a vacant head coaching spot, the Colts four twelve and one, and they're going to interview interim coach Jeff Saturday. Jesus. But they have also requested to interview Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Raheem Morris, and Shane Steichen. I'll be honest, the Colts situation, if this is, if you're a first-time head coach and you have an opportunity to coach somewhere, why would you take the Colts job? Yeah, the why would, overall pick. I would say why, this. But why would you, you go there choose. when you know Jim Ursay has been just completely wrecked and destroyed this team over the years? I understand there's very Spin. few head coach positions available. You have the, number, the fourth overall pick. I get that. But Jim Ursay runs the show. He's the one calling the shots. He's the one making the football decisions. At this point, he stepped over Chris Ballard, who's done a really good job in his tenure putting together a team. I know he hasn't gotten quarterback right, but it's hard to get quarterback right in this league. I look at all these head coaches who have a chance to be 
in this position to finally become, excuse me, I look at all of these coordinators who have a chance to be a head coach. The Colts are the absolute last place I want to go because it's very hard to get a one, the first chance in the league to be a head coach. Yep. It's even hard to get a second chance. So if this fails with Jim Ursay just being a lunatic recently, it's going to be hard to bounce back from that. Any odd had 20 rebounds. Wow. Listen, See, I, I think know. you spoke a lot of truth there. With Jim Ursay, everything you said yeah. is very valid. However, the on the counterpart, you have the fourth overall pick. The coach now comes in, gets to choose his quarterback, which is always what yeah, I think so. Is it Ursay or is it the coach? <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, It'll be the coach, bro. Uh, I don't know. Not in this situation. He sat Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. Cool. But <laughs> not in this situation. He fired Frank Ryan. Oh, oh, now you're defending it. Yeah. Wait, who, oh, it was always Ursay being now, a lunatic. Now, but, Jim Ursay has you power, look at, you, a power struggle. It, yeah, but you look been. at the coach's draft, bro. Like, he's not drafting those players. No, but have we seen Ursay act this type of way? Where he's stepping over the GM and the coach to make a decision at, at quarterback. Oh, that's because there's expectations. He's I the think worst that, owner in the league. I'm I, I sorry. Think, I think. Well, no, I wouldn't say the worst. Think, he's cool. easily the worst, in my <laughs> opinion. I, 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 no, no, Is no. he bottom five? Johnson? Johnson? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> bottom two. Bottom two. <laughs> bottom two. <laughs> No, but Dan listen. Snyder, he's but, but listen, a shitty. Uh, yeah. what, what, I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that he stepped in because the Colts underachieved, and he felt he felt like they should have been better. That's why he stepped in. I think he understands right now that the Colts are in a they're in a rebuild situation, retool situation. Any coach that comes here is going to be able to fix up this roster. I think. I mean, I, I don't think it's there's, fixable. Like this roster is not oh, terrible. No. It's, it's, it's the roster not the issue. The defense the is solid. Yeah. You get you get to draft a potential franchise quarterback. Yeah. No, absolutely. But Stroud should be available. The line needs Will, work. Will could be available. Still need some receivers. But that, they have an early second. They could definitely draft a, a solid the, If receiver. you have Pittman, no, Pierce, and Campbell, it's not it's the not end bad. of the world. It's fixable. It's just it's, a, exactly. It's, it's really it's, just a quarterback. You get a quarterback. I feel where you're coming from. You don't want to be a head coach, a team owned by Jim Irsay. Yeah. You don't. It's, it's not a good The look. problem, Colts, is keep missing on quarterbacks. So if they yeah. don't well, get a quarterback, this all this is, shit is... This is the first time since luck they'll take one in the... I mean, Ellinger or whatever. Even the trades, they've missed. Wentz, miss. All of them. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Rivers was solid. Rivers was solid. Yeah, but it was a year. Rivers, yeah. Rivers was okay. Rivers was the goat, man. Rivers was the goat. I am eleven and five, I think. I undoubtedly am. Thank you. First round. Yeah, Rivers is the goat. Lamar. Appreciate that. So, Carolina Panthers last team with the head coaching vacancy. They went seven and ten. They have the ninth overall pick. Now they're going to interview Steve Wilkes, Jim Caldwell, Frank Reich, control of him, and they have requested to interview Shane Steichen, Ben Johnson, Mike Kafka, Ken Dorsey, and Avero. Now. Honestly, for me, Steve Wilkes did a great job, and he did. I, I wish he would keep the job, but I don't know, man. There's just a lot of great offensive guys on this list that I, I might favor. You know, I th- I thought Steve Wilkes did tremendous. I thought he did, but do I think there's better options? Steichen on this list? Yeah, he's on this yeah, list. Steichen, he's on everybody's potentially. I love the Panthers situation. I love the Panthers situation. Like for a new coach? Uh, yeah, I think they have a, a they have a great offensive line. <laughs> They have a wide receiver one. I they have DJ. a stingy young defense that gets Sucks. after it, and they have the ninth overall pick. JC you know? Horn, Brian. We, we've seen we've seen things in the draft where quarterbacks fall. You know, there's a chance that a CJ Stroud could fall to this pick. That what, a what, what, ninth. That a Will Levis is at this pick. I mean, Fields dropped to what twelve? Yeah. Is is Deontay Johnson still better than DJ Moore? Uh. No, DJ Moore's better. Thank you. Deontay just had a bad year, really. You told me that last year. And, uh, both yeah, of you did, actually. Yeah, touchdowns this year. Hey, last year was a conversation. Last, now, year, last year, for sure. Now, well, now. Yep. 
wrong. No, it's DJ Moore. Thank you. Well, it, it's yeah. year to year. I mean, it's like I mean, those, 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 those type of level guys. Always DJ. It wasn't those, always. I mean, DJ's those level always guys. been consistently giving you what you always. But know. it was going into year three, and and Deontay finally broke out and was amazing. What, what Shaq used to say? DJ's been emerged. Been emerged. <laughs> He's yeah. been emerged. That's All funny. Right. Fucking Deontay. Yeah, the Panthers got a really good situation. I they like do. That. Yeah, I think offensive mind makes sense. You got to. Darnold's a free agent, I want to say, right? I don't know what you're going to tag him. him. <laughs> Heaven, hell no. If he wants like a one year, $10 million contract, maybe compete week one against a rookie, we could do that. Competing you know? against a rookie but, is fucking hilarious. I mean, at that point, you're not giving Sam Darnold a one year on the franchise, maybe 30 plus million dollars. There's no way. They got some shit, though. They got an elite corner, right? Burns. Burns is solid. More. I still can't believe they declined two first round picks for him, but nonetheless. Stay what you got. Exactly. The defense definitely has promise. The offense, you got pieces. Terrence Marshall, low key. Yeah. I don't want to say breakout, but his rookie he, year, he was a, he, basically he, a healthy scratch every week. And this season, at least he progressed on the field. That's a good place. He's serviceable, absolutely. Yeah. And at, at pick nine, you're going you're going to get a good player. Yeah. If you're not going to bring back Donald, you draft a quarterback. Whether it's a, you get super lucky, in my opinion. Is, is uh, Will Levis? Is he? Levis? Bro, Levis people is he? people are think that Levis is going to go over Stroud, oh, which people, I yeah. think. Yeah, I don't watch. I, I'm well, not a fan uh, of that. Yeah. What, I mean, what do you think? You're very uh, in tune with it. All. I haven't watched a lot of Will Levis. I couldn't tell you. Do there's you? there's a lot of hype around him for sure. Um, where do you, where do you go? Where does he go? Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. He's Kentucky. got a big arm. They're calling him Josh Allen. I just hate that comparison. Are so, they calling it because he's. <laughs> He's big and white, and that's yeah. a big arm. <laughs> yeah. So, Sammy Dadon donated $9.99. Sammy. If Brandon Staley is fired, the ideal situation for Sean Payne is clearly the Chargers. thousand percent. And also, due to technical difficulties, I didn't get to hear you guys respond to my last super chat. What was okay. his last okay. super chat? I, I guess the one right before OBS crashed. Oh. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, that's totally right. I think the Chargers are the best situation for Sean Payne. And, I mean... Brandon Staley has to lose in the first round for that to happen. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't think he's getting fired unless they lose. Yeah. And uh, last thing I just want to touch on, because obviously LaFleur got fired right before we started the show. I, didn't, I know we didn't have a topic on it. Um, the only thing that worries me, or it's, there's a lot that worries me about the Jets right now, but the biggest worry I have right now with the Jets is that Robert Sala wanted to keep LaFleur. He was his guy. He talked about it in the press conference after the season was over, how when he was in San Francisco, that 2019 season, I want to say, when they had all those injuries, they were a terrible defense. Shanahan could have fired him and say, you know what, you're the scapegoat. You're the reason why we didn't play well. Instead, he kept him. The next year, they won the best defense in the league. That's where Salah said, comparing this situation to LaFleur. And now it comes out just a couple of days later that the Jets end up firing LaFleur. And this is Woody mutual Johnson. Mutual agreement, bro. A mutual agreement. This is Woody Johnson coming in and telling Salah, you have to fire somebody. LaFleur has to get fired. You have to move on. While I understand there has to be a scapegoat and someone has to answer for the complete offensive incompetency, especially the last three games, zero touchdowns. It's a complete and utter joke in today's NFL. Really, in any stage of the NFL in its history to score zero touchdowns over three games is ridiculous. But the fact that Woody comes in and is making decisions, football decisions, worries me. That's been, uh, you know, a long-standing issue with Woody Johnson. Why he isn't regarded as one of the best owners is because a lot of the times he wants to make decisions when 
he was over in the UK working for Trump and Christopher Johnson was here. It was really Joe Douglas running everything. Woody comes in, he's making some personnel decisions on the coaching staff, which I don't like. I would have liked to see LaFleur stay and bring in a veteran because that at least tells me that it's Douglas and Sala running the football operations right now. But there are a lot of good offensive minds out there. I just don't know how many are going to go from like Ben Johnson, someone they want to interview. Is Ben Johnson going to go from offense coordinator to offense coordinator and do the same stuff when he has all the success with Detroit? I don't think so. The top of my list is Pep Hamilton, who I think he get let go in Houston Absolutely. because he's there's going to be a new coaching staff in there. It's going to be a long way for the Jets. So no Frank Reich. I, Reich's going to get head coaching looks. I think. Um, I don't think he'll get a head coaching job. No, I would. I would. I, I would love Reich too. Reich or, or Pep. Those are really my top two guys. Um, veteran guy, someone who's called plays before. Get a veteran quarterback and hope the defense can you know be top five again, and then we could hopefully make the playoffs. So the last super chat Sammy to Don sent was about the Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson swap. And how oh. they should trade for D Hop and then swap Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. Yeah. So our take on that was that you know we don't think it's like realistic it's that not. that happens. Yeah, I mean quarterback for quarterback swap, they don't happen. Well, what happened? Cutler for an Orton, right? Was that the last time? Uh, good trade. Yeah. Good trade. Um, and it just doesn't make sense for Lamar to get traded to the Bears for him to be their only piece. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it there. It doesn't yeah, make sense for the Bears to pay him either. Yeah, if Lamar gets traded, it's going to be a bunch of draft picks. To a playoff it's, team. Yeah, it's not going to be for a young star quarterback. Most now, the lot, last topic of the day, of the night. I didn't know we had one more. DeAndre yeah, Hopkins, trade destinations. We have a lot of topics here. Now, the Arizona Cardinals plan to trade DeAndre Hopkins what team do you want to see DeAndre Hopkins go to? I think we need to come together as a group <laughs> and have one answer and one answer only. Riv can be left out of this because he's an Eagles fan, and I'm, I'm okay with that. If we don't come together and all in unison say, the New York football Giants, I'm going to be disappointed. Baltimore? Okay. That being said, the reason why I'm so high on the Giants is because, yes, Lamar Jackson and giving him DeAndre Hopkins would be the perfect business decision for the Ravens because it's showing that they are trying to benefit and do everything they can to put Lamar Jackson in a position to succeed. I'm with you there. I firm. I just want to favor the Giants in this situation because I have not seen Daniel Jones with a one. I haven't seen it. Marquise Brown, you could say he's not a one in, in your guys' opinion. I could live with that fine. But Hollywood Brown was eons better than anything that Daniel Jones has had to run with. Facts. You give Daniel Jones DeAndre Hopkins, now we can start having real evaluations on Daniel. And by real evaluations, I mean how he should be fairly judged because I think he is a lot better than people give him credit for. And you give him a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, a premier talent in this league, one of the better receivers that this league has seen, Things get scary. Well, just, the I Giants just, are a receiver um, away, and DeAndre Hopkins could be that answer. I thought answer. of a few teams that, like, just needed, like, quarterbacks just need a guy. You know, I thought yep. Pat, Patriots, they need, like, Mac Jones needs a they guy. They need a number one. Lamar, he He's needs a guy. He's never had that, for real. Daniel Jones also, I thought, I thought about New York because he needs a guy. You know, um, I think just any place that's in playoff contention. He is also in year two. needs a guy. That's the only reason. Daniel this Jones. year three. He's going to go into year yeah. three for sure, but Daniel but Jones is going to year five. No one. What's uh, yeah, yeah, I can understand. Like, I think Baltimore. I think if he wants to win, like the closest okay. to win, yeah, it has to be Baltimore. For me, I'm tired of putting the Ravens in every single list for wide receivers because they never get any. It's of It's like them. putting the Packers so, too. Yeah. So I have five teams here. They're actually in order. Number one, I think the Bears. 
They have cap space, draft capital. They can make a move, and it won't affect them long, long term in ter- terms of cap space. He does have a no trade clause, yeah. also, which is why he I is didn't have the Bears. So yeah. I, I like Darnell Mooney, Claypool, DeAndre That's Hopkins. Fine, yeah. If they can sign another receiver, that would be really cool. The Chargers have to be up there for me. Okay, Keenan Allen's getting older. Mike Williams, I like them, but they, they need an elite receiver, and DeAndre Hopkins can be that for Justin Herbert. Number three is the Jets. The Jets already have a elite receiver in Garrett Wilson. If we can have two of them with DeAndre Hopkins and bring in a veteran quarterback with our defense, I think things get really scary. The Giants have to be on there. And then the Patriots. You know, Mac Jones, they got him Devontae Parker this offseason. Yeah. That was his number one. <laughs> he had a big play the other day. I, I feel like Mac Jones is so much better than what his stats showcase, but this year, his offensive coordinator is Matt Patricia, and he had no weapons. Yeah, I feel like Mac Jones, if he gets a legit weapon, he'll show people how good he is. What do you guys think about? Uh, sorry, cutting you off, Dell. Uh, because uh, uh, I know their their top guy, he's one of the best in the game, but their number two guy isn't that great. Possibly D Hop to Buffalo. Mm. Well, I get interesting. Davis, I was thinking Buffalo, low key too. I and think so you have two elite number ones, and then uh, that'd be Davis. unfair. I'll be honest, that'd be so fucking unfair. Yeah. I hope not, but I could see that, especially yeah, Buffalo. That's how we with AJ and. And Julio Jones, but Julio was at a different point in their career. Yeah, nah, Hop is sure. still playing at a very, very high level. I just say you dog. never know with injuries and stuff like nah, that. No, Hop is a dog when he plays. Oh He's no, but this, dog. but this season, I mean, goodness God, no, he, he was, the um, fact that he was close to a thousand yeah, he he missed six games. He came in and it was nothing changed. He beat the allegations. Yes. I'm not going to point any fingers. I, don't know I, who I never believed about. it. <laughs> People are ridiculous at this table, man. <laughs> um, I did tweet out how like the Jets should get aggressive and, and look for Hop, but. I don't think it's realistic. They need to make a lot of moves on the offensive line. They need to possibly trade for a quarterback who's going to be a big cap hit. So while I would love Hopkins and obviously makes all the sense in the world to get him, I don't know if the Jets are going to use, one, their draft capital, and two, their limited cap situation to go in and get DeAndre Hopkins when there's still a lot of holes on the offense they have to fill. Or they can just bring in a veteran quarterback coach and OC and running back with Zach Wilson. I thought we left him in 2022. <laughs> I thought so. Year three, he broke out of BYU, right? That's what I said. He broke out in college year three. Who knows what the future is. The duality of men. Yeah. Year three, baby. Should be interesting offseason, man. Zach Wilson, Tom, year three. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> invest yeah, in on Mojo. You better invest on Mojo. I baby. asked you. You said no. <laughs> <laughs> Bro doesn't even believe it. We'll see. It depends on what the coaching staff looks like with Zach Wilson. Who, who do you want, Pep? What, what would you say or what would your reaction be if this Mike LaFleur firing is just a spiral effect of Robert Sala saying, I ain't want that, Woody, nah, like, and they get into beef, and now it's like, okay, you're fired now, Sala. I'll be honest, the the hardest part of this situation is that Robert Sala and his whole staff, is it's a prove-it deal. Whatever offensive coordinator that comes in is basically on a one-year deal because he knows if we don't make the playoffs, we're out of here. That's why it's hard for any Real offensive coordinator who has credentials, who is really good at his job, he's looking at the situation saying, well, if it doesn't work yeah. out, we'll be looking for another job in a year. So maybe it's not the worst thing in the world, right? We'll just start over now instead of waiting a year. We could actually build. No, I want to keep Salah and co. Um, if it, ben Johnson. Yeah, like I would, Pep makes the most sense. But again, it's going to be hard for these guys who have options to go to the Jets when they're going to say, if we don't make the playoffs, we'll get fired. PFF started this thing called Perfectly Covered Plays. And... It basically, if you're, it's a graph. And if you're all the way on the right in terms of perfectly covered plays, that means the offensive coordinator and the play caller is creating a lot of advantages for the offense. So it's not like, you know, it's the name is, I guess, deceiving. 
the Jets were below average. You know, I didn't I didn't think you know, they were going to be higher. Miami, but where's Miami? They were above teams. They were definitely high. The number, I, the, I think the Lions were like top four, top five. Okay. So that just yeah. showcases yeah, how Dan great Campbell. Ben Johnson is. But yeah, the Jets, I think they rank like. 20, 20th, yeah, like that around makes there. Sense. Like, I didn't think LaFleur was he the was preaching about biggest issue. Yeah. That makes sense. I thought LaFleur was part of the issue, but LaFleur was never the biggest issue. But again, when you have could no you, touchdowns, could you find goal. out where Philly was in that? I'm actually very interested to see where Philly was in that. Come. Yeah, I'm going to find out where Philly is. I slept on what? Slept, man. I have y'all coming out the East. Slept, bro. What's wrong with you? Slept. Non-ball. I wish you didn't sleep, man. I, me too, man. That's what I've been trying to tell him. Interesting. So number I wish one, didn't sleep on Zach. Number one in offensive, perfectly covered Wilson? plays. Mm-hmm. Number one is San Fran. It's, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Shame number two is Detroit. Okay. Number three is Kansas City. No knock on Mahomes. He's the greatest. Nothing surprising. Number yet. four is Denver Broncos. Really? Russell yeah. sucks. That's shocking. So, I'll be yeah. honest. You yeah, know that one. <laughs> Russ sucks. You didn't need to hear that. <laughs> the Eagles were below average. Hey, they were with like the Ravens, Colts, Hurts. Uh, they were a little bit above Where's the Miami? Seahawks. The Miami was above average. They were with the Cowboys and Bills. Mask, what's this stat? I'm sorry. Basically, how easy the coach makes it for your team. Yeah, it's basically perfectly covered plays. So how oh, many? No knock him Mahomes. He only has Andy Reid. Yeah, no, it was no knock. He's the greatest. <laughs> no, no knock. Th- this is more so like a play, like this shit a play calling stat. It's like a it's, it's like a stat for like how great play callers are. Defense, they have one for defense as well. Those top the of the top is the Cincinnati Bengals. Really? Yeah. Where are the Jets? I mean, Mahomes is over the Broncos. They're Andy definitely top read. 10. Okay. He should do Above that. Average. He should He's be one. to me. So the no worst coach. offenses in the league were the Carolina Panthers from a play-calling standpoint, the Washington Commanders, the Buccaneers, yep. and the Texans, yep. uh, the Packers, wow. the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Bengals. Well, were Seahawks like bottom surprising. Seahawks are surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals, are, I get you. Could, you have a lot of guys who could just win one on one. Buccaneers were the second best in terms of defense, though, and the Niners were top three. And the Bengals are the Niners are just top three in everything. Yeah, they're like, just the fucking Niners. I hate them so much. Yep. So that's gonna do it for episode two hundred forty-five of the Pigside Podcast. Yeah, shout out everyone pulling up. Yes, sir. Shout out our brother John. Shout out you John. guys. Shout out John. John. On Twitter, Pigside Pod. On Instagram and TikTok it. at Pick Aside Podcast. Make sure to like the stream. We're at 270 likes now. We have 378 viewers. Let's get the likes up to 300. But thank you guys so much for watching the stream. We'll be live again Friday, I believe, at what time? I think like 6 p.m., uh, 7 yeah, p.m. Cool I get over. Yeah. So Friday, we'll be live again for the basketball show. So thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time. This is Jonathan Macri from the Knicks Film School Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising a 
another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You could invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com backslash blue wire.